This is Unfilter, episode 273 for March 21st, 2018. Bob Mueller is not only subpoenaing the Trump organization, he also turned heads by requesting internal documents from the Trump campaign's digital firm, Cambridge Analytica. Tonight, we have new original reporting on a problem hitting Cambridge and potentially the Trump campaign. This breaking news is a new undercover sting video that actually exposes top leaders for Cambridge, people who advise the Trump campaign and who spoke to the House Russia probe, admitting to their approach to dirty tricks and getting lies and misinformation to go viral. everybody winter is finally over and it's now time to spring into another episode of unfiltered jupiter broadcasting's weekly show about the news you should be watching my name is chase over there is mr chris hey buddy hey chris hey buddy. happy happy spring to you i i mean i guess <laughs> as it's as it's 50 you degrees know, and there's like a nor'easter happening on the east coast the, the behind the scenes reason that chase even brings that up i believe is because uh-huh, uh-huh. this officially marks I'm the hovering. moment uh-huh. in the unfilter show uh-huh. where we end the show and there's still a bit of daylight for us to drive home yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Lots of bells there. Yeah, because sure. usually uh, we at, for, in the winter when we end the show, it's dark. It, it is dark. You see Christmas <laughs> lights out there still. <laughs> Buddy, we got a great show coming up today. Oh, so yeah. apparently the entire world has uh, suddenly just woken up and realized that Facebook has all kinds of data that Facebook partners can use to exploit you. Yep. We'll talk about how that can be used to weaponize the elections. Plus, of course, we've got our staples like cyber news. Russia poisons, and a high note. And then, as if that wasn't enough, Chase. It's never enough. Heck of an overtime coming up later on in the show. And I got to say, I almost wanted to start the show with this, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to focus on this. I hate making the show about the show. So, please stay tuned. If you generally skip over for some reason, like when we do Chase's sack and the Patreon segment, we have... Three huge trains that are about to collide, that are approaching the Unfilter show. And um, uh, we have to make some massive adjustments in the future of how we put out the show and the format of the show and all of these things. And so I'm going to cover those three trains that are approaching in the uh, Patreon segment. So please stay tuned for that. Later trains are usually good and planes are bad, right? Trains good, planes bad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so remind me, because if I get all worked up about Donald Trump or social media networks yeah. or something like that, I might forget. But uh, hopefully we'll Just get go to back that. to MySpace. You'll be okay. <laughs> you know, but we got to get to the cyber. ASL. Because every moment we waste, a hack is happening. They don't get discovered. They're hoping they don't get discovered. Um, it's, it's a military fight right now for cyber warfare. So cyber warfare is going on. All the time, every day. Day. You know, as we speak, as we're talking right now, uh, there's there's active hacks that are happening as we're going on right now talking. We're hacking into Russia. Russia's hacking into us. Iran's hacking to us. North Korea's hacking to us. We're hacking into them. It's a it's a massive battle that's occurring right now. Boy, kind of makes you feel unproductive, doesn't it? Uh, good thing I, uh, you know, I'm thinking about just rage quit on we're, all my social media. We're just sitting around here, just doing nothing, while uh, hundreds of thousands of hacks are happening. And it's not just here in the states. Uh, according to the XGCHQ boss. It's also happening over there as well. How many attempted cyber attacks from Russia does this country face every day? Oh, countless. 
Um, I mean, they're coming hundreds, in, they're coming thousands, in, yeah, and, hundreds of thousands. Yes, and it's of course hard to count and measure in cyberspace, but yes, uh, and I think. In the past, you would have accepted that a lot of that was a Russian intelligence gathering trying to get in, very often failing, but trying mm. to get in. To Again, this is the former boss of the GCHQ, which would be uh, the NSA equivalent across the pond. To, un to understand uh, what they wanted to know. Uh, the danger is now that they can use those for destruct the same access. For and, and these are cyber attacks on... Uh, public bodies, infrastructure, yep. private sector companies. All the things. Yes, and all that. And, of course, crime, much of it cyber crime. And, and most cyber attacks are criminal-based. And they come from groups that are predominantly, but not only, based in uh, Russia because... So this is happening all the time. I mean, even as we sit here, uh, there is cyber attacks that are happening. And it could be happening to our power grid, which I feel like we've covered now for 272 episodes. Yeah. Vital U.S. infrastructure, including the power grid, under cyber threat by Russian government... Oh, Russian this time. Why are our vital infrastructure even plugged into anything? <laughs> I mean, it should God. be a closed system, not accessible from any kind of external internet. How long have you been in the IT industry? Most of my adult life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it been it's been more than 10 years, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 I did it for 13 years before I became a full-time podcaster. Uh, and I still help people out all the time, former yeah. clients, yeah. Uh, friends and family, uh, uh, significant others that have small businesses. And um in 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 all of this time there has been one constant. If it's something you truly, truly care about, air gap it, right? Like, don't put it on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and there's so many utilities and tools now to segment things off so they don't route out to the internet. It it even even if you want to plug it in, plug it into your LAN. Don't set a default route. Yeah. Don't set a default route. Yeah. <laughs> give it a give it an ad address and don't set a default route. You can even, you know, like install DDWRT or something like that. Sure. And then like have a VPN yeah. running on that, you yeah. know, that you connect into. I mean, there are, there are things you could do, and right? And you remember last week in 272, we played a clip where the problem with our power grid was that it was a bunch of different private companies who all have different networks. Now, this week, the problem is that our power grid is so easy to hack because once you get into one company, you get yeah, into all you of get them. Yeah, you get into everything. It's the exact opposite problem this week. Probably Texas is going to be the safest place to be just because of the fact that you know we have three. We have the West Coast, East Coast, and Texas. They have their own power grid. So that's the place to go. U.S. infrastructure, including the power grid, under cyber threat by Russian government hackers, Psst. potentially giving the Kremlin the ability to turn off the lights. Uh. The Department of Homeland Security and the FBI detailing a two-year multi-stage effort by Moscow targeting the U.S. energy grid. You know, it really is sad that the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI, when you hear those names, you're like, oh, that's probably probably fake. And by the way, on the production angle, Psst. I want to know the editor who does it. You know, I'm going to put this sound effect in and put this sound effect in and put this sound effect in. I am so happy we don't do that. Two-year multi-stage effort by Moscow targeting the U.S. energy grid. The hackers first gained access to small energy-related companies, planting malware that allowed them to move into larger networks. You know, so that 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 beep 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 beep, beep that noise. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, now I I'm not a hundred hundred percent sure, but I am like ninety-eight percent sure. Ninety-eight. That's a pretty high number. Do you know the first Hollywood production to to have uh, that printout make that noise? Johnny Mnemonic? I'm just guessing. That's a really good guess. 
Uh, and, and again, I'm not 100% sure, but I am really close. Maybe I'll say 95% sure. Uh, <laughs> the Hunt for Red October. Oh, God, yes. So The Hunt for Red October. The cutscenes. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is where that sound effect comes from. G-related companies planting malware that allowed them to move into larger networks. Once inside the energy suppliers, the Russians collected information on the facility's control systems, attempting to acquire the ability to turn those systems off. They're identifying targets. They're positioning uh, malware so they could pull the trigger when they wanted to. So this report, uh, this entire CNN report, is uh, based off of a new CERT advisory that back in last summer, hackers that are believed to be attached to the Russian government got access to the business network of a power plant in Kansas. Not the power, not not the power plant's control network, not not the monitoring network, not not anything that controls how the actual power plant operates, but the company that has been outsourced to manage the power plant, their LAN, their business network was compromised. That is the entirety in which this entire report is based off of. They're positioning uh, malware so they could pull the trigger when they wanted to. But they're also sending the United States a message. Um, We are in position to cause harm if we wanted to do it. And so you, the U.S., should be a little more careful. If that was true, if if the Russians had their – if Vlad was sitting – he's at his desk, right? He's got an iPad because um, Vlad is hip, right? So he's got an iPad Pro with a keyboard. He doesn't even use desktops anymore. And then he's got a button. And that button right next to his iPad Pro, which is, I assume, connected by Bluetooth because God knows there's no other method to connect it. Um, That Bluetooth button, when you press it, it activates a cascade shutdown of the U.S. power grid. And Vladimir Putin just got his finger hovering over this Bluetooth button. And uh, as long as the U.S. is good, he won't push it. But the moment we upset him, he's going to push the button and trigger a blackout. Vital U.S. infrastructure, including the power grid, under cyber threat by Russian government hackers. So the whole idea is they have us hostage. They have our power grid hostage. So sending the United States a message, um, we are in position to cause harm if we wanted to do it. And so you, the U.S., should be a little more careful. If that was true, we would be we would be losing our collective crap. We would be making threats. Donald Trump would be tweeting. Sarah Sanders would be having official press conferences. We would be taking immediate action. The Russians targeted other crucial sectors as well, including nuclear power, water, aviation and manufacturing. I mean, really? Are we talking port scans here or are we talking real actual invasions? Experts see the intrusion as a possible precursor to an unprecedented Russian cyber attack that could, in the event of war, <laughs> devastate the U.S. So if, if this was true, if they were now into all of our systems, the water system, the aviation system, the power system, and Vlad next to his 4D chest, his iPad Pro, his smart keyboard, and his Bluetooth-connected button is sitting there contemplating every moment whether to push it or not, well, something tells me we'd be acting a little bit differently right now.
This uh, is our uh, livelihood that's at stake. You know, our uh, heating, our cooling, our electricity, uh, our economy uh, is at stake. So this is Eric. And um, Eric is famous for something that you probably don't know unless you've watched this whole Russia investigation super close. Uh, what Eric is really well known for is that when Adam Schiff farts, Eric's there spreading his butt cheeks, huffing in the fart as deeply as possible. <laughs> That's what Eric is known for. He is Adam Schiff's little boy. And again, the Russians, uh, they're taking advantage of a very, very weak America that has not been willing to see its commander-in-chief stand up to the Russians. We need a strategy against Russia, not... Yeah, like war. ...one-off sanctions. Ukrainian officials say Russia did the same to Ukraine in 2015. So um, I want to go back. So let's go back before we go to the sanctions. Uh, can you can you uh, can you really can you really say that Trump hasn't been super hostile towards Russia? He's he has done like three or four different layers now of sanctions since he's come into office. Well, I, I, really? No, well, yeah, but sanctions are an act of war. Well, first off. There were sanctions that were overwhelmingly passed by both houses of Congress. Yeah, and but come he, on. And no, but he sat on them. He 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 did not implement because what was passed. So don't don't so you no, can't no. say that he's you're talking, them when you're he talking, sits on them and that, doesn't implement. But that, but but seriously, Chase, that's that's four sanctions ago. That was four sanctions ago. We are now on. There has been there has been since that little thing. There has been now been layers upon like we just so remember the 13 russians that were indicted yeah we just we just laid down more sanctions on them we th- we but you also said though that those aren't enforceable because they're russian uh what i said was that we can't really bring them into court and do anything because they're not u.s citizens they're russians i also think the sanctions are a bit impotent too so you're right to that extent it's like okay we can make a big scene about making sanctions all right but uh, we since since that little oh am I going to do sanctions am I not going to do sanctions it has been sanction after sanctions after sanctions I think it, now this is off the top of my head so I could be misremembering but I believe this will be the fourth round of sanctions it's either the third or the fourth round of sanctions since Trump has been in office Obama had two rounds of sanctions compl- total and those were after uh, Crimea uh, and and so it in a way. If you just look at the numbers, economic warfare, uh, he's he's ahead. He's got the best numbers, people tell me. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the best polling, best numbers. He's got the best numbers, Chase. Willing right. to see its commander-in-chief stand up to the Russians. We need a strategy against Russia, not one-off sanctions. You- I'm not I, – I, I mean I, we can talk about this more and this is a bit of, of a distraction. So I'll just – I'm just going to say this and we can move on. But uh, – I'm not comfortable with the Democratic Party uh, attacking Trump from the right, which is the same. But what that means is uh, you you make if so if Trump isn't um, warmongering enough, you go even harder on warmongering. He's not warmongering enough. So the the Democrats, which uh, used to be a party of progressives, really what he's saying there is you're not being hard enough with Russia. You need to be more aggressive with Russia. Well, that's how you get a war. That's how you I mean, seriously, that's how you get a war. And that's why Russia is now talking about their new nukes that are unstoppable. Like this isn't an accident. This is the result of rhetoric that is being ratcheted up over and over again. And the Democrats, when I was a kid, at least, 
we're we're more of the communist party than anything else and and is it rhetoric or is there any any truth involved though too i mean yeah i under i think this is one of the situations where i don't know if we really want war because of the fact that we keep going back to the sanctioning if russia was 100 percent guilty like trump got elected because of direct involvement by vlad even if that's true, I would still like the Democratic Party to be the party that's saying, let's not fight with another power that has nukes. Let's not do that. Right. Let's just talk. Yeah. That's even if it was 100 percent true. Advantage of a very, very weak America that has not been willing to see its commander in chief stand up to the Russians. We need a strategy. against. So that sounds like the talk of a Republican. This is a weak America that isn't standing up. We need we need a strong commander in chief. This guy is a Democrat, and that sounds like a Republican. That sounds like a hardline Republican, like the kind that just quit Fox News. And again, the Russians, uh, they're taking advantage of a very, very weak America that has not been willing to see its commander-in-chief stand up I to the Russians. Call it, you know, I wouldn't call it weak. I, 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 would, I would call it, you know, it's in light of all the, the recent developments of, uh, you know, congratulatory phone calls and things like that. It makes me wonder. It's not necessarily a weakness, I think. I think it's more along the lines of, well, picking the battles, right? Picking the right battles. And if there's not a lot of substantial evidence involved here, really hardcore stuff, maybe that's why we're not like being so short to it and, and, and pulling the punches right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and, and going a little bit slower is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, a calculated. I, I, I come down – like so these sanctions are – I, and maybe maybe it's not true anymore. Maybe these definitions change. But there was a period in time when sanctions were the first step to going to war. And this week, the U.S., specifically the Trump administration, has announced new sanctions on Russia. The United States announced sanctions on Thursday against 19 Russian individuals and five groups over malicious cyber activity, including meddling in the 2016 U.S. election. The sanctions coming months after Congress overwhelmingly passed legislation ordering sanctions. Lawmakers, particularly Democrats, have accused the Trump administration of dragging its feet and doing little to combat Russian cyber aggression. Now, so the dragging the feet thing, let's stop there. Um, The only investigation that has finished is... Nunes and Gowdy's investigation, which was about the campaign and, and collabor- c- collaboration, um, and they say there was none. So that's one investigation, but you still have the FBI, the Justice Department, and Senate Bob. Had, well, yeah, Senate has theirs too. Yeah. And none of them are done yet. Nope. So there has been, I think, three layers now of sanctions before any investigation has finished. So is I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that seems like that's a pretty good pace. And yet the criticism is the administration isn't isn't moving fast enough. But not a single fucking investigation is finished. Like look at that look at that poisoning o- o- across the pond. Same thing. Like they're, they're it was, they had a 24 hour demand for Russia to respond when there is a clear there is a clear like international signed agreement on how these things work. There's like these new goalposts that are being set. And then they're getting moved. So before any investigation, before any hard evidence is finished, there's been multiple layers of sanctions. And yet it's not it's not fast enough. It so seems th- like it's fa- – in the, in the world – I'm sorry. One more thing. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But no just in the, in, the, in the realm of world politics and international relationships, six to 12 months isn't a long time. See, so 
and this is where I guess there's some some confusion. Sometimes I even get confused. I thought that the Mueller investigation was a direct result of the president firing James Comey and basically saying it was because Comey wouldn't let go of Russia. I'm paraphrasing, but basically that that it was already done by what the thirty thousand uh, you know security agencies have already determined that <laughs> that that Russia had, was involved yeah. in the yeah. 2016 election. I mean, that's, and then I, at that point. The sanctions were passed by both houses of Congress, so I, I thought yeah. they were separate things. Right. So Trump hadn't signed them. I think it's fair enough. I think it's fair enough to say they're separate things. I think it's fair enough to say that if he hadn't fired Comey, you wouldn't have Bob. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. I agree on those points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but, uh, but my, but I guess my my takeaway from this is we had sanctions at that point back then, and now we've had multiple additional sanctions. Well, the sanctions at that point were never. That's that. That was the dragging the feet part. That's when the clock started on dragging the feet, and then they tag it on to this story here, saying, "Oh, and for the 2016 Russian involvement in the elections." Well, yeah, they, they're they're finally pulling the trigger on that. It's been dragged out, but they're finally pulling well. The these trigger. are new. These new nineteen are, are well, also but but they also say in the story they're 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 tagging that in because yes. of the 2016 yes. thing. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. It and gets, hearing the five groups and the 17 things. Here's that's my point. Not affect the here's my point. We're, di- we're drifting away from my point. Yeah. My point yeah. is it's sort of like an arbitrary timeline. Uh, how do you define dragging their feet? Because to me, if it took, and I'm just this is my opinion. But if it took six years to do an investigation and then declare that Russia was involved and guilty and then impose sanctions, that would feel about right. Because it feels like you have to have you have to have the time for an investigation. Then you have the monotony of a of a bureaucracy and 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 how slow the political minutia is. And then you have the proper and 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 um, considerate you know sanctions that would be get written up, and they have to go through the House and the Senate, and then they have to get voted on, and they have to go their way. They have to go up to the president, and then the president is making a decision to make economic sanctions against another massive world power. Like that seems like that should be like a multi-year process. This is where I think the president falls short. If he came out and he said, "Hey, you know, we know that Congress, you know, overwhelmingly passed these, you know, sanctions against Russia, but we want to be methodical here and make sure the kind of sanctions that we're implementing are, you know, are very thoughtful and calculated in what we need to do in order to combat this." But the part of the problem though herein lies is the president or the administration doesn't even believe it occurred. They don't believe, you know, every time you hear the president speak about it, it's, you know, Russia or, or maybe some other country, you know, he, he never wants to, you know, fully believe any of it. And so you got that going as well. Yeah. yeah and it, it uh, that is OK. I follow what you're saying. Yeah. And I think because uh, you have a man who feels like people are trying to take away from his victory, his win. And that's where he comes from. That's my that's my that's my view. Of yeah, it. no, I hear you totally. All right, well, uh, that, that was our first segment. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going, though. Yes. Um, so this uh, this agent or or two agents, the the couple that got poisoned, quite the story still going on. Under the Vienna Convention, the United Kingdom will now expel 23 Russian diplomats who have been identified as undeclared intelligence officers. They have just one week to leave. No explanation as to why Russia has an undeclared chemical weapons program in contravention of international law. 
Instead, they have treated the use of a military-grade nerve agent in Europe with sarcasm, contempt, and defiance. Now, I want to I want to cut in here. I got some great links in the show notes if this is something that you actually care about, and I really recommend you check it out. Um, so the sarcasm and uh, that sort of like a snark, 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 snarkish response. Snark. Is that a word? Snarkish. Snarkish. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Can I use that? Yeah, that works. Okay. Their says yes. Their sort of uh, snarkish response is. Um, well, it's rooted in the fact that there is a Geneva Convention that uh, that 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 basically every country in uh, that's part of NATO has signed, and uh, what it basically uh, lays out, and I have again links in the show notes, is uh, if there is a chemical weapons attack on your soil, there is a process in which you engage that the UN is the arbiter of, so they will be the sort of f- total like third party that's detached and making decisions, supposedly. Uh, and you have to provide a sample back to the nation that is responsible. Uh, and this has been this has been used in several occasions uh, for the U.S., where the U.S. is able to say, hey, you can't make those claims until you provide us a sample. So then somebody has to provide a sample via the U.N. to the United States. So that way somebody in the United States can check it and somebody in the country that was affected can check it and the U.N. can check it. So you got you got these three different people, these three different groups, these three different interests that are checking it. And then they all kind of come together and they discuss their findings. All right. Russia is signed on to this international convention and and so is all of the West. And so there is a simple process. Well, it's not simple, but there is a process that is laid out that they are supposed to be following. And they're supposed to be giving Russia a sample. They're supposed to be giving Russia two weeks to test the sample. None of that is happening. They were given a 24-hour window to respond to accusations. And then she went and did this talk. So Under the Vienna running. Convention, the United Kingdom will now expel 23 Russian diplomats. Because Russia didn't meet their 24-hour deadline, which is not – there is no UN convention where they outline a 24-hour deadline. Who have been identified as undeclared intelligence officers. They have just one week to leave. No explanation as to why Russia – has an undeclared chemical weapons program in contravention of international law. Now, that's a bold statement, and I, I bet you, if I were going to bet you uh, an appetizer to that dinner that I owe you, Chase, I bet you that's a true statement. Mm-hmm. Instead, they have treated the use of a military-grade nerve agent in Europe with sarcasm, contempt, and defiance. The British Prime Minister taking a hard line in front of the House of Commons today as the U.S. closest ally clashes with Russia. Uh, The Prime Minister moved to kick, as you heard, those 23 Russians who she labeled as spies out of the country. There is um, oil pipelines that are uh, due to be built, and uh, those deals need to get made. And there's money on the line. Let me make one thing clear from the very beginning. Let me be clear. This is Nikki Haley, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. The United States stands in absolute solidarity with Great Britain. This is um, hours, hours after the deaths. The United States believes that Russia is responsible for the attack on two people in the United Kingdom using a military-grade nerve agent. Now, words matter there, Chase. And uh, what was the word that you noticed there? Military grade? Yeah, I noticed that too. But no, there's a word before that. For the attack Great Britain. 
The United States believes that Russia is responsible for the attack on two people in the United Kingdom using a military-grade nerve agent. The United States believes. Believes is a completely different thing. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can believe in a lot of things. You can believe in a spaghetti monster in the sky. Santa Claus. There are tooth fairy. My kids actually currently believe in the tooth fairy. They think the tooth fairy is a real thing that brings them money for their teeth. It is the real thing. What are you talking about? Yeah, of course. Um, believes is not evidence. It is not proof. Believes is not a hard line. We are the United Mother Effing States of America. We should be. We are a nation of laws. Like I, I, when we speak, we should be speaking with authority, and we should be speaking with facts. For the attack on two people in the United Kingdom using a military-grade nerve agent. Dozens of civilians and first responders were also exposed. So this nerve agent that has been linked to Russia, so supposedly Russia developed this thing in 1970. The problem is, is that it was developed in 1970. Um, it is widely known. I got some links to that in the show notes, too. But it doesn't really matter. you got to ask yourself, um, if, if the World Cup is coming to your area, if you're about to go uh, up for election, and if the oil pipeline that will make a huge economic impact on your nation's bottom line that is being sold to the uh, EU nations is on the line. And on top of all of that, this whole meddling problem in the U.S. is on your back. Is that the time you publicly kill somebody in a really sort of um, flamboyant way? I don't think so. I mean, just the logic of that doesn't hold up. Doesn't and and the fact that they're not going through the UN conventions that's suspicious. The fact that we went from zero to a hundred in twenty four hours suspicious. It is, and I even mentioned this last week. I mean, not you know, I talked about what if, what if they did it to themselves? What you know, what if it was an inside job? You know, and the only reason why I say those things is because we don't have any hard stuff to go off of here. Well, if you're going to have this guy, so so uh, background on the peop- the guy that died, this uh, Skip Rapal or however you say his name, uh, he died for supposedly being a, a, an, MI, an MI6 double agent that spied on the uh, Putin government, and that's why they killed him. That's That was the motivation. That doesn't even really hold water, though, because he was tried for that in Russia, and he served 13 years in prison for being a—by the way, you get two life sentences for the same exact crime in the United States. So the fact that this guy saved, served 13 years in Russia for a crime that you served two double life sentences in the United States, that's an interesting observation right there in itself. So this guy serves 13 years in a government prison for being a double agent for the MI6. If they wanted to kill the son of a gun, they could have killed him while he was in prison for 13 years in one of their own prisons. Mm-hmm. So why kill him now? When you're trying to get reelected, you got the World Cup. It just it doesn't make any sense. The first thing that comes to mind is that if it was a military grade poison, then people would, of course, have died on the spot. You know, you can say what you want about Trump, but there's no president like Putin. Putin's basically says, yeah, look, if we were going to kill him with our own stuff, he'd be dead immediately. Hey, at least our, Putin's our, not, our, a, our not stuff, afraid to, to have a press conference. Our stuff. 
our stuff they don't just suffer. We kill them immediately. That's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. That is what this guy – listen carefully. He's saying when we kill, we kill instantly. The first thing that comes to mind is that if it was a military-grade poison, then people would, of course, have died on the spot. <laughs> well, to be fair, to, to be, let, let me be clear. Okay. Yeah, okay. If it was a 1970s-grade uh, you know, you know, ga- a serum yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not going to be as potent as today's sure. stuff. Fair so, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And is that if it was a military-grade poison, then people would, of course, have died on the spot. Russia has no such substances. We destroyed all our chemical weapons as monitored by international inspectors. I think anyone with common sense understands that it is nonsense for Russia to do such things before the presidential election and the football World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup is actually oh, more el- so than the election. Yeah, the I was going to. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Putin! Really? Yeah, yeah. Of course, Russian, uh, Russian, uh, Russian response has been sort of, well, it's sort of been limp with all the sanctions. But we have had a couple of diplomats get expelled. Russia strikes back today, ordering 23 British diplomats out of the country. The move, retaliation after the UK's decision this week to expel 23 Russian diplomats. The feud comes following the poisoning in Britain of a former Russian spy and his daughter, both in critical condition. There is no alternative conclusion other than that the Russian state was culpable. You know, that reminds me of a line by George W. Bush when he was talking about how Saddam had weapons of mass destruction. I remember, yeah. It's just like, it's the same shit. It's the same script. They just, they just like, it's like Mad Libs. And you change the words around and you're fine. There's no alternative conclusion other than that the Russian state was culpable. Police here now are asking for the public's help to figure out what former Russian spy Sergei Skripal and his daughter Yulia were doing during a missing four-hour period. But he was also an MI6 double agent, so you could also say former MI6 spy. She just, I guess, forgot to mention that. On the day they were discovered poisoned. So there's a three-hour gap. How important is it to establish a timeline? That will give the authorities here a clue as to how it was administered. On March 3rd, Yulia Skripal left Russia, landing in London. Over the next 24 hours, she and her father visited several locations in his small town until they were found unconscious on a park bench. I think maybe part of the reason why we we, we struggle to understand this is, uh, unless I'm wrong, my understanding is there's... Uh, the the government and the mob are closer together than w- what we are familiar with in the West, and it, there could be just simple hits out yeah. there. Yep. You know, hey, go kill these guys, and you'll get paid X amount of whatever um, rubles or Bitcoin. I don't know what they pay in, and uh, it's got nothing to do with the Putin government. But maybe it's set because people that are in the government are also in the mob and they'd really like to see the son of a bitch die. These agents will affect individuals either through being breathed in or being swallowed or coming into contact with the skin. So understanding where the couple were exposed is actually crucial. Crucial clues in a high stakes investigation. Tammy Leitner, NBC News, London. It's a, it's a high-stakes investigation, Chase. It's a high ch- high stakes. That we already like know instantly who did it, and we don't have the information and, yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they know who did it because they were plugged into uh, Putin's Facebook well, page. <laughs> <laughs> I understood early that Facebook was how Donald Trump was going to win. Twitter is how he talked to the people. 
Facebook was going to be how he won. I think Donald Trump won, <laughs> but I think Facebook is, was the method. It was the highway in which his car drove on. This week, we learned a little bit more about how your top source for baby pics and engagement photos turned into a political battleground. Facebook has banned Cambridge Analytica, a firm that ran the Trump campaign's data operations, after reports emerged that the firm accessed the private information of more than 50 million users without permission. Cambridge Analytica has been backed by Trump mega-donor Robert Mercer, and Steve Bannon was once its vice president. Last fall, special counsel Robert Mueller asked for the emails of any Cambridge Analytica employees who worked on the Trump campaign. In a series of interviews, former employee-turned-whistleblower Christopher Wiley described how the firm weaponized personal data to wage a culture war. So Christopher Wiley, and I talked a little bit about him in Tech Talk Today, uh, techtalk.today, if you want some background there. Um, Mid-20s, early 20s, uh, he is a gay man in London, and uh, he realized that the organization he was working for might be a little bit skewed to the right when he was asked, and somebody he worked with who was also gay, was asked to identify all of the gay males that they could market to to try to get them to be ungay. <laughs> and that was sort of how he realized perhaps he's working for an evil company. And then, and then it kind of went from there. Now, uh, I, I have a little bit of a hard time accepting some of his answers in these interviews, but you can see how somebody who finds himself in this position might feel like perhaps the thing to do would be to, to blow the whistle on something like this. We would know what kinds of messaging you would be susceptible to, including the framing of it, the topics, the contents, the tone, whether it's scary or not, that kind of thing. Websites will be created, blogs will be created, whatever it is that we think this target profile will be receptive to, we will create content on the internet for them to find. Now, this whole thing is based around the idea of psychographic marketing. Now, uh, the only reason I am familiar with the term, which I believe goes back to the 70s, is because the first person I ever heard discussing psychographic marketing was, can you guess? Facebook? No, I mean, no. that would be good. I know. There's no way for to guess. It was actually Hillary Clinton. And, I, and <laughs> Hillary Clinton was talking about how psychographic marketing can be used in political campaigns. So this story is being positioned as if uh, this is some new discovery that Cambridge Analytica came across. The reality is it's been known since the 70s, and psychographic marketing is not new to, po to, to politics in any sense, but they've never had a rich data source like Facebook before. Mm. And then they see that, and they click it, and they go down the rabbit hole. In a statement to NBC News, Cambridge Analytica denied Wiley's claims. Joining me now, Natasha Bertrand, staff writer for The Atlantic, Gabriel Sherman, special correspondent for Vanity Fair, and Kurt Bardella, who's a former Breitbart media consultant. So they bring in a whole bunch of people to talk about it, but I, I want to play different clips. I want to I keep moving because they, they kind of slow down there. Uh, the, the big accusation is that this Cambridge Analytica firm has a tie to the Trump campaign. New trouble for Facebook this morning, a political consulting firm with ties to the Trump campaign, Cambridge Analytica, accessing personal information for up to 50 million Facebook users here in the United States. And now this morning, the chief executive from that company caught on camera, apparently admitting they target candidates with dirty tricks. 
You'll hear what he says in that video. Our Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas has more on that for us. Good morning, Pierre. So here's the thing, is they have this insidious method in which they can get a bunch of information, and they can start with a small amount of Facebook users, but... The way the Facebook permissions worked at the time, they could connect to your friends and your friends' friends. So they were able to get in total around the world like 500 million people's information, including about a solid, you know, 50 million Americans. David, good morning. That's right. It's a scandal raising concerns about the privacy of millions of Americans using social media. And members of Congress want to know if Russia took advantage. This morning, a growing scandal surrounding how the personal information of up to 50 million Facebook users has been secretly obtained and shared without their consent. Oh! Today in the United States, we have somewhere close to four or 5,000 data points on every individual. That is the CEO of Cambridge Analytica. In the United States, we have somewhere close to four or 5,000 data points on every individual. Four or 5,000 data points on every individual. And he, that's a great thing. He's so happy and proud of it. He's telling that to Sky News back in October of 2016. United States, we have somewhere close to four or 5,000 data points on every individual. Alexander Nix, one of the founders of Cambridge Analytica, a political data company with ties to the Trump campaign touting his research in helping President Trump win in the 2016 election. We were able to use data to identify that there was very large quantities of persuadable voters there that could be influenced to vote for the Trump campaign. So they make a pitch uh, in, in like, uh, the politicians when they're talking to them, and like in a meeting with those guys. They make a pitch and they say, if we can, get up to th- if we can capture up to 300 likes, so say you've been on Facebook for... Yeah, how long have you been on Facebook? Uh, what nine years? Maybe nine years, ten years now. There's probably a good chance that you've liked over three hundred things, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, for sure. Well, they claim that within about a hundred likes, they know you better than your family knows you, and wow. that they claim Cambridge Analytica claims that within three hundred likes, after they have input three hundred likes, they know you better than your spouse will ever know you. Wow, a company allegedly engaged in information warfare with financing secured by Trump's senior campaign advisor, Steve Bannon. Now new video of Nick's caught in a sting conducted by Britain's Channel 4. They will offer um, a large amount of money to to a candidate. They will offer a large amount of money to a candidate. Allegedly telling undercover reporters about what he appears to say is the company's practice of using bribes and sex with attractive women to discredit their clients' rival candidates. Send some girls around to the candidate's house. So he says there, we send some girls into a candidate's house and then we videotape the entire thing and we have instant incriminating evidence of corruption. I'm just giving you examples of what can, what can be done and what, what has been done. After the Channel 4 story broke, Nix released a statement saying he was just playing along. Yeah, I was just saying some shit but that he had no intentions of breaking any law. No, even though in those clips I say that I've done those things myself and that I'm a master of many disguises. This after Facebook last weekend banned Cambridge Analytica from using any of its material following reports that the company improperly received data. Christopher Wally was an early employee of Cambridge Analytica. That's the whistleblower. 
He left in 2014, but told ABC News that the company planned to amass mountains of information on Americans. Now, that's key. Remember, he did leave in 2014. I don't know if you remember when the election happened, but that wasn't 2014. We would ask people to fill out psychological surveys. That app would then harvest their data from Facebook, and then that app would crawl through their friend network and pull all of the data from their friends also. Cambridge Analytica acknowledges the information was improperly provided to them by a third party, but says it was never used and deleted as soon as they learned it was a problem. That is, that is false. Yeah. Um, they, they went through a professor's access to use them supposedly for academic research. What's your, what's your, what's your re- reaction to this? So my initial reaction was, remember when we talked about you know, the whole ad thing and how it was a very small number of ads and how could it had any effect on the election. I think we talked about that weeks ago. Remember, mm-hmm. you know, how, mm-hmm. you know. Well, specifically like the the Russian, uh, what, what was, I can't like remember. Like groups. The, the and, troll farm that yeah, bought the, yeah, the Facebook Yeah, yeah, the, the nondescript building and all yeah, that. Yeah, yep. This is significant in my opinion. This is different too, though, I think. Yeah, totally different. Uh, I mean, first 50 million accounts, uh, on top of that, on a whole side tangent, people need to stop freaking signing up for all their damn apps through Facebook and know what kind of information <laughs> they're uh, they're they're giving away. Because when you do that, it, it, one of the things is like, hey, can I have your whole friends list? And you know, then they get more information and more demographic information. So, but I do think this is significant. And before anybody starts yelling through the podcast right now, but what about this or what about that? I really feel that this is much different. Much different. This is about playing to people's emotional buttons. And the reason why I know that works is because I watch douchebags on the Internet make YouTube videos and blog posts about things that get people just to click. Oh, yes. Yes. And they're using Facebook to figure out what people's buttons are. Yeah. And that does work. Um, and they got Channel 4, they, Channel 4 in this case, got some really- Channel 4 UK. Got some really great um, sort of Project Veritas style video yeah. of these guys talking about this. I want to play a little bit of it. Oh, let me. Uh, it's probably going to get us flagged because there's some music. But. It's a glimpse into how they really operate. Prepared, it seems, to ruin their clients' opponents through handouts and honey. By the way, Channel Four News has been working this since August. I know, and 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 Mike. My- Balls. That's yeah. like balls right here. Yeah, with the videos, sometimes yes. multiple cameras. Yes. So I want to get wow. a little bit of their audio in here. Send some girls around to the candidate's house. We send some girls around to the candidate's house. Through sex, secrets, and spies. I know people who used to work for MI5, MI6. So there's also, um, well, while he mentions that, he says, I know people who used to work for MI5 and MI6. Um, I have links again, show notes. Um, uh, there is some evidence that would suggest that these guys have links to the Steele dossier. So that's like one big incestuous political. Oy. Oy, Old style tactics wedded to the new. We just put the information into the bloodstream of the internet. We just put information into the bloodstream of the internet. And then, and then watch it grow. Watch it grow. Whether the- now, that's, uh, <clears throat> that's uh, funny enough, they start with that. That's the least incriminating thing these sons of bitches said. They also talk about how they work with politicians. They talk about how they get people upset. 
they talk about how uh, you have to do it in a special way so that way nobody knows it's propaganda. Maybe we'll play that part. Let's play Ooh. that part because this is – so this is the part because rational people ask, well, it can't be propaganda. Well, no, yeah, the best can. propaganda is the kind you can't tell is propaganda. Dirt on political opponents. And Mark Turnbull says he knows ex-spies in other companies who could help. There are various intelligence-gathering organizations that operate very discreetly to find information like that. I know people who used to work for MI5, MI6. They now work for these... Private organizations. Private organizations. They will find all the skeletons in his closet, quietly, discreetly, give you a report. Which is what the steel dossier exactly is. And then, once the dirt has been dug, out it, discreetly, he goes on to say, at the right moment. Whatever the political message, subtlety is key. It has to happen without anyone thinking that's propaganda. Has to happen without anyone thinking that's propaganda. And then he smiles. Did you see that? Watch his smile. Without anyone thinking that's propaganda. Do you yeah. see that? The oh. That's propaganda. The next question is, who's put that out? Yes. So we have to be very subtle. It's it's the whole theory of a you know, of a frog in boiling hot water. Isn't right? that creepy? Like you have to be subtle because we don't want people asking who put it out because that'll get back. Yeah, to Yeah, you us. don't want to tip people off. You want to just gently uh, ease it in. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's it's so <laughs> creepy though. Yeah. But you and know, here. Talk about, like, com- for all the conspiracy people out there, you know, this one's for you, really. <laughs> because, because of the fact that there are so many people that honestly believe that this has been happening the entire time. And, you know, people talk down on them. They're like, I don't know. Oh, come on. This isn't happening. I don't know what you're talking about. Here it is. Here it is. Creeps. Yes. So we have to be very subtle. And for a client worried about anyone discovering Cambridge Analytica's involvement, they've an answer for that too. It may be that we have to contract under a different name. Uh, for Cambridge Analytica. So it may be that we have to contract under a different name. Uh, and then, just fire up another LLC. And then the uh, guy recording says, you mean from Cambridge Analytica. And then he looks at him like, how would you describe That looks like, I, I don't want to say it. That's what that look is. I don't want to say it. Yeah, I, I can't say this out loud, even though I've said everything else out loud. A different entity with a different name. So that no record exists with our name attached to this article. Sounds like how you the pay, invisible. Sounds like how you pay off Stormy Daniels. Mm. Power brokers of modern politics, but in their craft, they insist lies a code of conduct. So we're not in the business of of fake news. We're not in the business of lying. Oh, oh, okay. What? Wait, what? No. Making stuff up. And we're not in the business of entrapment. Yes, yes, they are. In fact, that's exactly what they are. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't send a, uh, a pretty girl out to seduce a politician. And but they actually do. And film them in their bedroom right. and then release the film. There are companies that do this. But to me, that crosses a line. Oh, that crosses. Right. That's where the well, but turns yeah, out, yeah, turns even, out that is something that they do. They do, yeah. And uh, they're just pretty brave. They're proud of it. Claiming not to be in the business of entrapment, 
Listen now to Alexander Nix when our fixer raises again the topic fixer. of digging up damaging fixer. material on political opponents. And what we want to know is what is the expertise of the deep digging that you can do to make sure that the people know the true identity and secrets of these people. Uh, we do a lot more than that. Um, I mean, deep digging is interesting, mm. but uh, you know, equally effective can be just to go and uh, speak to the incumbents and to um, offer them a deal that's too good to be true and make sure that that's video recorded. You know, these sorts of tactics are very effective. Instantly having video evidence of corruption, right. putting it on the internet. And the operative you will use for this is who? Well, someone known to us. Okay, so it is somebody, you won't use a Sri Lankan person, no, because no, then there's no, issue. No, we'll, we'll have a wealthy developer come in, somebody posing as a wealthy developer. I'm a master of disguise. Yes, <laughs> they will offer um, a large amount of money to, to the candidate. Uh, this? I gotta say, Chris, this is the kind of thing that you would see in a Hollywood film. And you would, you, this is like the, the kind of character, you know, where you would have like uh, Tommy Lee Jones or, you know, like a George Clinton, you know, some sort of some sort of thing, you know, where they're talking about hatching a plan. This is freaking real life. Exchange, this is happening in right exchange here. for land, for instance. This is like high level, like OMG stuff. Like, you know, I've thought about running for president, but I, I man, I don't know, man. He'll find stuff I won't even know about. Yeah, they, they call the candidate a puppet in here, too. I'm a master of disguise. Yes. <laughs> I see how he laughs about how he's a master of disguise. Oh. <laughs> they will offer um, a large amount of money to, to the candidate. They'll offer a large amount of money to finance his campaign, for example. Uh, to finance his campaign in exchange for land. You know, maybe give him a little bit of land, for instance. For instance. We'll have the whole thing recorded on cameras. You know, we just might have a secret camera recording the whole thing. Blank account face of our guy, and we have post on the Gee, uh, you mean like Project Veritas know, or right? anybody else? Yeah. Oh, man. So it'll uh, on the Facebook or YouTube or something like this. It's going to be Send some girls around to the candidate's house. Send some girls around to the candidate's house. You know, so we have lots of history of these kinds of things. We have lots of history of things. For example, you're saying when you're using the girls to introduce to the mini, to the local fellow, mm-hmm. and you're using the girls for this, like, the seduction? Yeah. Now, think about Crimea. Think about Ukraine when they're talking about this. Not local girls, not Sri Lankan girls. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Bring some, I mean, just, that was just an idea. Yes. You know, just saying, we could bring in some Ukrainians. You know, you know Veratuna makes a great point. I'm going to steal his point and share it with everybody. This is why people are disillusioned in politics. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. And, and I completely agree. Because when this kind of stuff is now out there and people can see what's going on, they're like, well, crap, it really doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. And and, 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 I, and I think that's quite the contrary. They're, they're, they These groups are taking advantage of the majority of people who don't vote, I, I believe. Because if the majority of people actually did their research and actually dug in and saw what was going on, then I think you would you would have real change. That's why we do this show. Bingo. That is why we do this show. And he, now these guys are going to sit here and they're going to joke about how they use certain beautiful women to manipulate politicians. The girls for this, like the seduction, they're not local girls, not Sri Lankan girls. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Bring some, I mean, just, that was just an idea. Yes. Yeah. Bring some Ukrainians in right. on, okay. on holiday with us. You know? you know, bring some Ukrainians on holidays, you know? Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They're very beautiful Ukrainian girls. 
Yeah. They are, you know, he says they are. And you know what? Guess what? I find the beautiful girls, that works very well for us. Yes. Uh, I find that works very well. Please don't pay too much attention to what I'm saying, because mm. I'm just giving you examples of what can, happen. What can be done and what, what has been done. Yes. What has been done. Oh. It sounds like electoral power by expose. The poster boy of predictive analytics touting a sideline, you might think, in sex workers and stings. Ethics perhaps somewhat expendable, like the truth. That's uh, that was that's what's going on behind the scenes in the election. And of course, uh, your good buddy, my friend, is uh, jumping all over this. Take advantage of it, Adam Schiff. Well, uh, no, he's first buddy. Come on, man. We uh, it's certainly within this. our jurisdiction. Uh, if we had a foreign firm uh, that was using the uh, essentially stolen data of tens of millions of Americans to target them in a political campaign, uh, that's very much our business. So here's what here's what triggers me about this whole thing is, uh, yeah, there was political uh, data targeting going on, but there's also the very real possibility that these sons of bitches are tied to the Steele dossier. Like, the, both those things are equally possible, but only one of them is getting discussed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like that. I, that, that. When that happens, it always gets me. It always gets me. You know, it gets my, gets my dander up. Well, well, that's why the buck needs to stop. I mean, it, people just, you know. It's got to stop I, there, I, Chase. And, 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 it's, and it's one of those things where I know everybody has their, well, what about blah? And what about this? And what about this? I just can't. Well, we're just going to continue that circular discussion until at some point someone stops. And you got, we got to stop the cycle somehow, some way. It's true. It's true. All right. I want to do a quick correction because your unfiltered show has no agenda. Uh, mm, oh. We got to come up with a different. Uh, uh, we don't have a plan. We don't. We're not. We're not sitting here trying to uh, convince you of any particular political perspective. No. We. Boy, that that doesn't roll off the tongue. All we're trying to do is just sit here and tell you what's so, going so on. So we report, you decide. Yeah. Uh, no, can't use that one. Either. No, you can't either. Fair uh, and balanced. We're yeah, fair. N- no. Ah, shit. No. Oh, well, no. anyways. Real news. No. no <laughs> well, I guess in <laughs> the meantime, we'll let our actions uh, speak louder than words. And I want to retract just a wee tid. I mean, I'm not one to love the CIA, uh, yeah, but just a, a wee tid. Now, a correction to a story we aired Wednesday about Gina Haspel, the woman President Trump plans to nominate for director of the CIA. We spoke with a reporter for ProPublica who'd investigated Haspel's role at a secret CIA prison where terrorism suspects were interrogated. Okay. Last night, ProPublica retracted key details of that report. This is an NPR report covering the ProPublica report, by the way. To correct the record, we spoke today with ProPublica's editor-in-chief, Stephen Engelberg. Oh! Any suggestion that she had a direct or personal involvement in the waterboarding of Abu Zubaydah, which is a quite an infamous uh, thing uh, in the history of intelligence. You know, he was waterboarded some 83 times. Uh, that would not be correct. Uh, the chief of base turns out to have been a different person. Um, and so any suggestion that she was uh, directly and personally involved in that is, is incorrect. In fact- now, I want to I bring up something here. And it's, it's, a, it's a real son of a bitch when covering news about anything to do with Trump is – it, they when when this CIA new nominee was announced, I mean immediately it was ah she's the waterboarding queen, she's the one that was the uh, key mind behind waterboarding. Donald Trump loves torturers, blah 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 blah, and they just run with it. And and ProPublica was the source, and we played it too because that's what all of the outlets were saying. 
But then it turns out that that was a massive exaggeration. And this happens all the time with yeah. Trump. And I feel like when that happens, it delegitimizes the legitimate stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's a, it's a cry wolf syndrome. Well, and unfortunately, it's because of the history. I mean, it... are you saying it's his fault? Are you victim shaming? I right would now? partially do it, partially because I mean, come on. I mean, that it, is, is victim shaming. I know, chase. I know, but you know what? After a long period of time, what's been like three years now? Because you know, including the uh, run up to the election. Okay, all right. I mean, come on. Yeah, after, okay. after a while, it's just like, oh god. <laughs> okay, you're right. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Like, like you knew that the the firing of the deputy FBI director was going to go over like a fart in the church. The story that broke overnight: the man who was until recently the number two at the FBI fired Andrew McCabe, the man who served under. Former FBI Director James Comey, who was also fired, he is now out just days before mm-hmm. his pension was going to kick in. And President that Trump. Day. That's that's a nice move right there, huh? That's slick. Fired. He is now out just days before mm-hmm. his pension was going to kick in. Now this, see, okay. Here's my here is my personal thing about this is uh, all of these guys are swamp sons of bitches until Trump fires them. And then the moment Trump fires them, apparently they're the most outstanding government citizen that's ever existed. Like the whole federal government could use some firing. And this McCabe son of a bitch is one of them. The FBI has become a corrupt organization. We have covered that extensively on this show. And this guy This guy is one of them. And whether you're a Hillary fan, well, then you can blame him for reopening the investigation right before the election. That's on him. And if you're a Trump fan, you can blame this son of a bitch for letting that couple that are texting about destroying Trump the entire time on him. So, like, we all, depending on, you know, doesn't matter. Right, left, we all hate this guy. Many groups hate this guy. Until Trump fires him. Who was also fired. He is now out just days before his pension was going to kick in. And President Trump gloating on Twitter overnight about the ousting of a man he has repeatedly and viciously criticized. McCabe himself releasing his own angry and defiant statement. All this is going down as reports are swirling about more possible firings in the offing within the White House itself. And ABC's Tara Palmieri is covering it all from Washington. Tara, good morning to you. Good morning, Dan and Paula. That's right. More turmoil inside the White House. According to White House sources, most of it is fueled by the president himself as he polls staffers and friends about potential replacements. But this latest firing is riling up a key witness in the Russia investigation. In the Russian? What did she say? Which... This well, this is, is Good Morning America Saturday, so, you know. Riling up a key witness in the Russia investigation. Russet? Russet? You gotta watch Russet? out for that Russet. The Russet potato investigation. That's the next story. <laughs> but really, what people have talked well, I guess I shouldn't say. I was going to say is what, what really is the only thing that matters is the thing that people are talking about is Trump's attorney trying to just call for an end to the investigation well, this was from a, Bob. This was, but this was I, the I whole setup. Though. I shouldn't say the only thing. But yeah. one of the things people are talking about this week is that Trump's attorney, his private attorney, is calling for the just – the end of Bob's investigation. Good evening. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday. I'm Tom Yamas, and we hey, begin Tom. tonight with major developments out of the White House. The president's top attorney today calling for special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation to be shut down. This just hours after Deputy Director Andrew McCabe was fired just two days from retiring. The president taking to Twitter where he has taunted McCabe in recent months. Mr. Trump's ally saying McCabe tried to undermine the president. You know, McCabe, I think, is a genuine son of a bitch. And the problem that I have with Washington, D.C. in general is uh, so Trump 
I'm I, I I imagine this is me just projecting. I imagine like pressured somebody to get him fired just two days before everything kicks in. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. So some congressman steps up and hires McCabe for two days. So that way he can get his all his government benefits. So the dude's getting all his bennies. Wait, really? Yeah. I haven't seen that anywhere. I, it's true. You can look it up. It, he gets all his bennies because some congressman's going to hire him for two damn days. And so there's zero, basically zero ramifications for this, for this guy being a corrupt son of a bitch that's been screwing with the Hillary investigation and the Trump investigations. Wow. Yeah. In recent months, Mr. Trump's allies say McCabe tried to undermine the president. And details now emerging that similar to his old boss, James Comey, McCabe kept detailed memos of all of his interactions with the president. A source telling ABC News those documents are now in the hands of the special counsel. ABC's Tara Paul Mary at the White House tonight starting us off. So I'm looking it up right now while we were talking about it. Yeah, a, 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 a Democrat from Wisconsin offered him a job. Does that work? <laughs> I don't know if it does or not. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, some of the things I'm reading is it's not a slam dunk. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It, it and, and it'd be uh, nice. It'd be a nice reach. I mean, workaround. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought though. Here's the thing. I thought though it had to happen by fifty, and that was why the why Sunday was so significant because he turned fifty on Sunday. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. That's that's the reason why his Jeez. retirement date was Sunday. God. Wow. Tonight. Oh, you didn't know that? No. I mean, oh this, yeah. Jeez. Talk about just that's that's why you know you may hate the guy. You know, no, I don't hate him. Or, or you may, you know, you think he's a son, son of a bitch. I or think whatever. they're all sons of bitches. Well, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I'll give Dingy there. But two days before the guy's birthday, well, this is yeah, a great man. thing. <laughs> you are fired. Wait for democracy. I'm working on it. Uh, You're yeah, getting there. You're getting I'm, closer. I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there. I like it. Yeah. ABC's Tara Paul Mary at the White House tonight, starting us off. Tonight, an aggressive switch in strategy from President Trump's legal team. Lead attorney John Dowd calling for an end to the Russia investigation, pressing Deputy Attorney General Ron Rosenstein to tell special counsel Robert Mueller, case closed. Case closed. Dowd's motivation? He says Rosenstein should follow the, quote, brilliant and courageous example of Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Who hours earlier fired Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe. He's one of the first top-level officials at the FBI to start looking into the allegations that the Trump campaign coordinated with the Russians during the election. There's been no collusion between us and the Russians. There was absolutely no collusion. There is absolutely no collusion. <laughs> Overnight and into this afternoon, Trump blasting McCabe on Twitter, calling inspiring a great day for the FBI. Even questioning the integrity of his own Justice Department, tweeting, there was tremendous leaking, lying, and corruption at the highest levels of the FBI, Justice, and State. Well, it came out today that McCabe was also looking into Jeff Sessions. That's right. <laughs> he was. <laughs> so I, I bet that didn't uh, make things too easy. Uh, and then, of course, Trump's attorney could be calling for an end of the, end of the investigation because old Bob has been subpoenaing Trump documents. We turn now to the major headline involving President Trump tonight. ABC News now confirming that special counsel Robert Mueller has issued subpoenas to the Trump family business for documents related to Russia. Uh-oh. That's the line that you shouldn't cross. Well, in a way, I don't totally disagree. I mean, I don't... He's, I mean he's supposed to be. I mean, yes, if it is ties that make him dependent on Russia and they have an influence over him. So it's a tight line to walk. I agree. Right. 
Yeah. So uh, you got to look. I guess you got to look, right? You, you gotta have look. to. You got to you got to look. Yeah. I mean, the 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 big accusation here is oh, he's going to he's looking to try to find some, uh, well, that's his job, right? To try to find well, bad the, uh, bad yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is. It's just uh, it, like, so you don't find nothing here. So you keep looking here. You don't find anything here. So you keep looking here. It's like how they got Al Capone on tax fraud eventually instead of getting him for being a gangster. So you know? maybe you can help answer this for me. If if he is truly, you know, there's no problems and like he says, no collusion, no, no, no issues, no improprietaries, then why shut it down? Just let it go its course. It'll finish off. No big deal. That's the thing. That is, that's the thing. Like at the end of the day, You've already got one investigation that's wrapped because, up and said no collusion. Because here's here, here's the brilliant part. He, I mean, th- this is where you if, if you are on the Trump campaign, you know, you're already ready for 2020, right? Uh, yeah, 2020. You're, you're getting ready. This thing is happening right now, this investigation. If you're truly innocent, guess guess what? You're going to be advertising on the freaking bus, on, on TV, right? yeah. everywhere. Unless you're worried about the 2018 elections, right? Right. Well, I think it's too late. Mid- yeah, yeah. I know. If you if you squash it now, the, you, you, they're already predicting a bloodbath, and I know they they all did the predictions for Hillary and all that. But I'm just saying, I think you would just seal it if if you you know knock this investigation out right now and said, you know, we're just going to end it. If Bob could wrap this thing up without him getting in the way, and Bob comes out of this saying no collusion, yeah, that's political capital for Trump. Right. right. So, so then you know, then everybody will ask, well, why is he trying to kill it? Why is he trying to kill it? And that, and that's the part that kind of nags in the back of my head. I'm like, well, if he's innocent, there's no issue here. Then what's the harm? What's well, the problem? Well, he hates people talking about anything other than how great he is. <laughs> that's right, because all bad news is fake news. Here's ABC's chief White House correspondent, Jonathan Carl, tonight. Tonight, a sign the Russia investigation is expanding. ABC News has confirmed special counsel Robert Mueller subpoenaed the Trump family business for any documents related to Russia. The subpoena, first reported by the New York Times, was issued sometime over the past several weeks. The president has repeatedly denied having any business dealings in Russia. Speaking for myself, I own nothing in Russia. I have no loans in Russia. I don't have any deals in Russia. A source familiar with the investigation tells ABC News the new subpoena is an indication the special counsel investigation has obtained information raising more questions about the financial dealings of the Trump organization. In an interview with the New York Times last summer, President Trump said the special counsel would be crossing a red line if it expanded into areas related to Trump business dealings. Mueller was looking at your finances and your family's finances unrelated to Russia. Is that a red line? Would that be a breach of what his actual? I would say yes. Yeah, I would say yes. It's now been reported that the special counsel has subpoenaed the Trump organization for its dealings with Russia. Uh, Is this a red line? Is the president upset about this? Can can we not use the red line phrase? Well, to be fair, I mean, who who was the one who initially started the red line quote? It reminds me of Obama in Syria. I know. I know. I don't like it. I know. But it's all about zings and taglines. No, I feel like it's about re—actually, I think it's a different—I think it's actually about um, 
It's about white noising that term oh. into something different. Right. With Russia, uh, is this a red line? Is the president upset about this? That, or now we're going to have to hear every fucking president after this have red lines. And you know there's going to be one every quarter. Well, to be fair, it's also like saying the state of our union is strong. You know, it's it's just rinse and repeat it. Man. You know what really keeps me up at night is all this use of the red line. <laughs> hey, think about the kids. With Russia, uh, is this a red line? Is the president upset about this? Uh, as we've maintained all along and as the president has said numerous times, uh, there was no collusion between no the collusion. campaign and Russia. Uh, for specific questions regarding the Trump organization, I would refer you to them. One possible area of inquiry, plans to build a Trump Tower and the tallest building in the world in Moscow. Plans discussed before and during the 2016 campaign. In an exclusive interview today with George Stephanopoulos, oh. Felix Sater, a former business associate of Donald Trump's, discussed the details of the plans he says continued even after Trump started running for president. Sater says he wrote emails to one of Trump's lawyers saying the deal would help his campaign. I was trying to do a real estate transaction. I clearly was not involved in the campaign. <laughs> well... All right. Sounds like we got ourselves a silver bullet there. Uh, and uh, then there's the other story this week that is my favorite, favorite Trump story of the week. I can't help myself. This one tickles me in my secret spot. This morning, CBS News has learned that President Trump was advised not to congratulate Russian President Vladimir Putin on winning his country's election. This is one of those stories that only works because we've got no damn idea how our government operates. So the president's got 25 different advisors, national security. Of course, you've got the U.N. advisor. Of course, you've got Rick Perry in there. Of course, you've got national security. You've got a legal counsel in there. You've got Jared Kush in there and they're all telling you what to fucking say all the time they're giving you advice because they are advisors mr trump did so anyway and so they all tell you what they think you should be doing their phone call yesterday did not include other issues like russian election meddling recent u.s sanctions and the suspected poisoning of a former russian spy and no, his daughter but they did talk about the upcoming mariners baseball season and whether or not the seahawks are going to have a good defense <laughs> you know what i love about this mother effing story <laughs> is um <clears throat> it is a perfect example of how the media's lens shows you exactly the story they want you to hear and nothing else. So Donald Trump's statement about his phone call with Vladimir Putin happened while he was sitting next to the leader of Saudi Arabia. Do you understand the irony in this? <laughs> so they didn't ask him if he condemned Saudi Arabia's human rights positions about the way they treat women, about the way they treat criminals, about their actions in Yemen. Didn't ask them about that. But 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 what he said on the phone to Putin, somehow that gets leaked out. Chip Reed is at the White House. Chip. Chip, good morning. Good morning. The State Department is standing by a report that the Russian election restricted fundamental freedoms. The president's call to Putin comes as the White House is considering a plan to expel Russian diplomats following the poisoning of a former spy in the U.K. Chip has really got to get a couple of really important points out super quick for you to understand the context in which Donald Trump made this phone call. 
We had a very good call. And president I Trump spoke with the Russian president Tuesday and offered him well wishes on getting reelected to a fourth term in six more years. I had a uh, call with President Putin and congratulated him on the victory. But CBS News has learned that Mr. Trump's advisors warned him explicitly not to congratulate Putin. How did they learn that? That was leaked. It was. It, it's, it's, How does that get leaked? Well, there and that's and that's where I was re- actually reading some articles about that today. Kelly, uh, you know, Chief of Staff Kelly. There's a. There's only a handful of people that would yeah. know and know that was in big bold print. You in know, big caps. capitals and yeah. all that. So there's still leakers, and, and it's not your your best friend on this one. Who rinse? No rinse. No, no. Ad, Mr. Adam Schiff, your best Schiff? buddy. No, no, absolutely, absolutely, no. it's not Woody. Yeah. Most international observers consider it a rigged election. I mean, if you call up Bibi over in Israel, yeah, or you call up President Z, or you you call up any any world leader that just got reelected, you probably are gonna open with congratulations. Yeah. Calling him wouldn't have been how on my list. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell was one of several Republicans to criticize the president. It is interesting how hard the Republicans like McCain and McConnell are coming out against this. Well, when actually, look, I'm surprised to hear from McConnell at all. On this yeah, one I know because right? he's been, he's been he, such a he's been such a nut gobbler. I mean, M- McCain, uh, you know, makes sense. Yeah, uh, he comes back from cancer treatment and right. he cusses out Trump and then Sen- goes back. Senator Senator Flake, uh, uh, who's on his way out because he's not running for for reelection, he's complaining. Uh, yeah. I agree, uh, but, but hearing from McConnell is McConnell. A little he's been he's he's been so busy putting Donald Trump's balls in his mouth that he hasn't <laughs> been able to criticize him for about six months. Get a Russian election. <clears throat> what I see is a lack of credibility. Arizona Republican John McCain said an American president does not lead the free world by congratulating dictators on winning sham elections. You know, it's funny. Uh, that is not true at all, actually. Uh, I don't know if McCain's familiar with how the United States has worked since about 1952, but he should probably check the history books. Yeah. The Russian government was looking for the vulnerabilities in our election system. On the and same day, the Senate Intelligence Committee recommended ways to improve election security. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the president did not raise the issue of Russian interference in the election with Putin. I don't believe it came up on this specific call. Nor did she actually went on to say, but we continue to talk to them about it, but they cut that. He mentioned the recent poisoning of a former Russian spy in England, widely attributed to Moscow. Widely. I don't believe that was discussed in today's call. Mr. Trump's aides had suggested he mention both issues, according to the Washington Post. But it's clear to me we're not sending the right message to Putin. About South Carolina Republican Lindsey Graham said the omissions were disappointing. So you see what's happening here is every politician is required to take a hard stance. When the media comes to them, they have to talk tough. They got to be tough against Putin. They got to be be tough against Russia. And then the reality is, if you got put on the phone call with Vladimir Putin, you'd probably congratulate him on his new election. You probably wouldn't give him a hard time about the election meddling, which still hasn't been fully proven yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but it gets spun. And the thing that I find most fascinating is the leak. Where did that come from? Who leaked that information? I, it's it. I you know what I think? It's it's. And it's not really conspiracy-ish. I, I bet you it's someone from within the uh, intelligence organizations. Maybe. Just because of the fact that how many times uh, that they felt that they've been burned by the current administration. Well, that had slowed down. If that's picking back up, that's going to be really freaking interesting. Yeah. And uh, Trump is pissed as hell about it. All right, so CNN has learned that President Trump is infuriated 
over a leak to the Washington Post, the paper reporting the president's national security advisors warned him not to congratulate Russian President Vladimir Putin on his election victory. But the president did it anyway. Let's discuss with CNN senior political commentator Jennifer Granholm and CNN political commentator Steve Cortez, a former Trump campaign advisor. It's good to have you both here. Thank you. Um, Forget about it. Of course he's angry. Nobody likes leaks. Uh, you know, you ran the governor's shop in Michigan. You don't like leaks. Nobody wants leaks. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, know, you never had a single leak. Not that you want to remember anyway. So let's talk about the substance of the matter. He has the call. He congratulates uh, the president. The, NS, uh, the National Security Advisors didn't want him doing that. Why? Because they don't believe in the democracy of the process there. Right. And because they believe that this man is actively inimical to the United States as a cause. And they right. wanted him to point some of those things out. And the president doesn't. Are you okay with that? Uh, well, I'm not okay with leaking uh, under any circumstances, particularly when it regards to national security, because this isn't just bad behavior, Chris. This is a crime. Uh, and this has been happening throughout the Trump presidency, that highly classified, uh, highly secure documents are being leaked to the media. So this needs to be figured out. Uh, somebody needs to be put in handcuffs, quite frankly. So. Well, he's got to inspire more loyalty among his people so, also uh, by maybe staying on message and doing what they advise well, him to do. How about well, that? But he's the president. That's the problem there. That's, that's my other issue, okay? The president does not take his orders from anyone, including even very important advisors like the National Security Council. But do you like the call he made in terms of what he said to Putin and what he didn't say? Are you okay with that? Well, we don't know exactly what he said, but, you know, I, I find it ironic, for instance, he was asked about this yesterday uh, in the Oval Office during the pool spray uh, with uh, Mohammed bin Salman. The pool spray. <laughs> That's what they call that, pool spray. That's when the press pool can come in and they can spray. What? Yeah, yeah. What's the, what was the other one? The uh, the one that like CNN was pissed that they got excluded for a gaggle, right? The gaggle. What is with these terms? Pool spray. Asked about this yesterday uh, in the Oval Office during the pool spray uh, with uh, Mohammed bin Salman, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. There you go, the Crown Prince. Uh, and he was asked why he didn't criticize Putin. Well, was he supposed to also turn uh, to the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia and start immediately criticizing their civil rights record, uh, their human rights record in Saudi Arabia? In other words, there's a lot of leaders around the world who don't operate by American standards. We know that. It doesn't mean that we can pick and choose the leaders of the world. It does mean we have to negotiate and work with them for our interests, including some really bad guys, and Putin's one of them. Well, and clearly he's been doing that with Saudi Arabia all along. Yeah, that, not just not just Trump either, it turns out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not just Trump at all. Uh, all the presidents have been working with Saudi Arabia for quite a while. Well, Mr. Chase, yes, Mr. Uh, before we get into the high note, do you yes. have uh, do you have anything for us, particularly like in in like a sack capacity, like a like a a container of messages that is can't. submitted to me from Club Thirty Three of like the that? Unfiltered Patreon? I, I've got some news we need to talk about, some show programming notes that we need to advise people about. But, but yes, I do, I do have some entries direct into the sack, ladies oh and gentlemen. Oh my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper. No, you got it wrong. It's 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 Chase, the the real newness on Twitter. Anyway, hey, Landon writes in and says, "Hey, the Austin bomber has been caught, found this morning. Well, he was found blown to bits. Uh, turns, I, I added that he did not. I'm not uh, going to dignify that with an answer. Turns out that he just lived a few blocks from me, which is unnerving to say the least. Mm. This has honestly consumed so much thought that much of what else has been happening in the world has been lost on me this week. Hey." Glad you're safe, Landon. And and by the way, uh, breaking into the show as I was walking in, they got his phone. They I don't know if they hacked his phone or maybe it was unlocked or they took his body part and unlocked it. 20-minute uh, 
audio recording, which sounds like some sort of confession. Uh, they haven't released anything yet, obviously. It's all about the smartphone these right. days, Chase. And then finally, Veratuna writes in and says, Freck me, aren't you going to mention Cambridge Analytica? Of course you are. But are you going to jump to the same spurious linking of CA to Bannon to Trump equals Russia? Or are you going to employ a little critical thinking? Ouch. Like taking into account the uh, Cambridge Analytica already had a successful op in Eastern Europe utilizing Israeli expertise and Ukrainian femme fatalities. And they also did a 2013 or 14 thing yeah. here in the States. Add, add to that that the CA got funded by the Tory party. And sure, you can see Russia's hands all over this, uh, or perhaps not. Won't stop the war drums banging, and good old Bojo took it to another level, comparing the World Cup in Russia to the 1936 Olympics in Nazi Germany. I kid you not, the country that lost nearly 14 million people to Nazism are being compared directly to Hitler. I tell you, the world is coming apart at the seams, and I look on at the politicians with increasing incredulity. And genuine fear that they are willing on war, war, war. If you want to be a part of the sack, head on over to patreon.com slash unfilter. Jump on into Club 33. You get swag. You get be a part of this exclusive club where every week I will send out a message and you can jump into my sack. Now, Chris. Yes, buddy. Breaking news direct from from Wolf and Mario. What's going on, buddy? What's uh, Talk to me. Talk to Dr. Chase. Yeah, talk to me. Well, so uh, there are three large locomotives that are approaching the Unfilter show uh, with devastating consequences. Oh, boy. All right. Start with train number one, which is the light rail. Uh, train number one is that uh, we are getting closer and closer to our next goal, which moves the show up to a twice-a-week production. Wow. Well, hey. It's a good problem that, to have. That's a good problem. Number two is... uh, The Amtrak regional train, which is called the Cascades. uh, Our editor for the show is, at the end of the month, moving on. Whoa. I know. I haven't had a chance to... I've been really busy, so I haven't had a chance to tell you this yet. Whoa. Yeah. uh, Whoa. Yeah, the Beard's going to try to do Twitch full-time starting at the end of the month. Okay. And... uh, Wow. That means that I will be taking over editing of the show again. Now, the show isn't heavily edited, but the way it's produced, the way it's put together, and because of all the different levels of Chase, myself, the clips, it actually does end up taking some quite a bit of time, and uh, I'm going to start doing that again myself, personally, um, which means I'll probably be at the studio till 10, 11 o'clock Man. each night that we do the show. So... We're going to be making some changes so that way I can streamline the production of the show. So that's train number two. And then train number three that is coming at the show is uh, I have more events coming up throughout the year where I'll be traveling. And I don't want to just have to put the show on hiatus every time I I go to, like, Scale or Linux Fest or something. Right. So um, uh, it is time to make improvements to help us with all of this. So. I am making some. I am making some adjustments. Number one is there are uh, some some new feeds. There is a new video feed for the show. If you watch Unfilter, you will uh, probably probably not have to change anything. But if you want to just resubscribe, you can go to feed.jupiter.zone/unfiltervid, 
and you can subscribe to the video feed of Unfilter. Are we going to have this link somewhere for people to, yeah. to pick up? Okay, yeah, yep, cool. Yep. Uh, I'll go over all that in here in a moment. Uh, but more importantly, uh, that's the video version of the show. While I'm on the road and all of that, we're going to have a central website for you to check and a central feed that's going to be the canonical feed of the show going forward. And uh, it's important that if you can, you subscribe to that feed. You use this this site. Unfilter.show is the new website. Unfilter.show. Aha! Yeah. Nice. And uh, as part of this, I'm rolling out new RSS feeds. So that way, when you grab the show in your podcast catcher, you can have all of the episode notes, all of the links for every single episode in your podcast catcher. Or, or Cody. I mean, whatever it is you're using. But, you know, for me, like my daily driver is Overcast. Uh, I know a lot of you out there use Pocket Casts or uh, other ones. And now in Pocket Cast or Overcast or whatever your podcast catcher of choice is, you'll have all of the links that I'm constantly talking about available in the RSS feed. But more importantly, starting with episode 273, so starting with 273 and moving forward, the show notes are going to be super easy to find, dead simple to find from now on. It's unfiltered.show slash 273. That's it. Right. Unfiltered.show slash 274. You get all the links for everything right there. But here's the new feed. Unfiltered.show slash RSS. When I'm traveling, when I'm on the road, it might not always be possible to generate a video version of the show, but I will be posting versions there. Unfiltered.show slash RSS. Subscribe to that. You can uh, also go to unfilter.show slash subscribe and just get links to like Google Play, Overcast, Pocket Cast, iTunes. Unfilter.show is the central resource now for the show. Going forward, http colon slash slash unfilter.show. Go there for links, subscriptions, and you can go to slash contact to send us back emails, everything like that. It's all going to be hosted there at unfilter.show going forward. Unfilter.show slash RSS. For the feed, unfilter.show slash contact to contact us, unfilter.show slash subscribe for all the links to subscribe to us, unfilter.show slash 273 for the links just for episode 273. Are you getting this? I think so. I think you're saying go to unfilter.show. That's unfilter.show. Not filterfree.me, but unfilter. That means you're gonna have to change I, your opening. I know. Uh, I was gonna graphic. do filterfree.me, but uh, I I didn't have uh, I didn't have it handy. Well, you got to change the opening uh, I know, graphic. I know, I know. Actually, maybe it's time for a little. But I like. I know. I yeah. sort of thing is I like unfilter.show more than filterfree. I like unfilter.show a lot. Um, it's and very nice. and so uh, this is going to be the new backend in which it will power the RSS feeds. You get links and everything. But also, we're switching from Libsyn. This is some. Just backend stuff. Backend stuff. Libsyn to distribute the MP3 feeds, which is fine. Libsyn's pretty solid. But we're moving over to Cashfly. And Cashfly is like the best. Libsyn's good. Cashfly is the best. And so now, if you're heading out in the morning or whatever it is, and you want to listen to the Unfilter show, you open up your podcast catcher of choice, and Cashfly is going to slam the episode down to your phone as fast as possible. So that way you can listen to us on the go. Cashfly is freaking amazing. So we're moving the back end over to Cashfly. We've got the new RSS feed at unfiltered.show slash RSS. And I'm taking over the editing, which means... One more last fancy feature that uh, we're going to be working on, and I think you're really going to love this if you're a listener of the MP3 feed. I'm still working on it, but I'm going to be rolling out chapter markers. (gasps) 
Yeah. Oh my God, I'm on the ground. Yeah. You oh sick and God. if you're sick and tired of cyber, skip right over it. You don't care about Russia, skip right to the high note. You all you're all in on the overtime, skip to the overtime. If you want to take a look and go right to my sack, you can go there. You can go to the sack. Exactly. I love it. So if you have a podcast catcher that supports chapter markers, which any of the good ones do. You will now be able to just go right to the major segment of the show in the MP3 file. That's awesome. It, it, it's the number one thing I've rolled out. on. So I've also rolled this out on Tech Talk Today, TechSnap, Linux Action. Uh, I'm sorry, Linux Unplugged and um, uh, Linux Unplugged uh, this week. And uh, there's one other one that we've rolled it out. To. We, we've rolled it out to several shows recently, and it's just like the number one thing people like about it. Is the chapter markers because if there's a topic that doesn't really interest you, you can skip right over it. Now, now Chris won't say this. Chris is not paying me to say this. Hey, uh, this is this is why you know Patreon exists because Chris is able to make these changes. Yeah, he's in reinvesting this energy because re- setting this stuff up, you guys, is not easy. Okay, and I know there are some providers that make some of the stuff easy, but there's still a lot of legwork. And now Chris is going to be doing a lot of the stuff again. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be support the way show. More work, way e- more even work. even if you can't come in at Club Thirty Three, you can come in at the two dollar level. Every bit helps. Yeah, Patreon.com slash unfiltered. Please do. And and now unfiltered.show, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, going to be a so new cool. resource for the show. Love There's going to be dedicated search there, new feeds, and uh, all this has to happen. Not only because our editor is going to be changing, but it's time to move the show up to the next level. Another notch. Yeah, the next level yeah. in production. Um, and then when we do bring on a new editor, I want somebody who's super skilled that is going to be a, 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 a even better better editor than I am. It's going to take whatever we do with the show over the next few weeks, and it's going to be the new standard. And then I'll hand it off to them, and then and then hopefully I won't have to do this work forever. But in the short time, I would really, really, really appreciate your support at patreon.com slash unfilter because uh, – just just really just Wednesdays alone this my day now starts at 6 a.m. for this show and it's going to finish around 10 11 p.m. Yeah. Uh, and and then you have also producer Matt and Chase who are working all week to collect stories and keep current on the news myself who collects stories and clips throughout the entire week. I mean, this is a massive production and uh, the unfiltered show is beyond anything else that the Jupiter Broadcasting Network does. And we could really use your support because we're taking it to the next level, getting it ready so that if we do hit the next milestone, we can actually sustainably produce it. So check out the new site, unfilter.show. It'll be going live after this episode. And starting from this point forward, when we say check the show notes, you can just go to unfilter.show slash episode number. And if you want the video version of this show, go to feed.jupiter.zone slash unfiltervid we will have a link for that son of a gun in the show notes as well so lots of stuff going on all of the stuff will be in the show notes Woo! is that that's a lot of stuff right but it's, it's all good it's, it's good, a lot right? of stuff but it's great it's big it's like big news too like it's 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 hard to lose our editor but at the same time it gives us an excuse to sort of like take everything up to the next level and, and we have a new home base because i, I know yeah. it's, i know it's confusing to it's some weird. people where like do i go to the a Patreon page. Now, is there still going to be like a supporter sync kind of a thing? Or oh, yeah. We- Although I do eventually want to circle back and replace that, but that's all still staying the same. Okay, so that still stays mm-hmm. the same. No changes in the supporter sync. Nope, for now. So you could still get all the source code, oh, yeah. source mo- notes, oh, yeah. and everything. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's for being a bonus uh, Patreon supporter. All right, buddy. Are you ready to get into the high notes? Mommy, needs, Mommy a joint. needs a joint. She sure does. She sure does. And uh, she, if she does, she better make sure that she's not getting the people around her unintentionally influenced. 
A new study claims that secondhand smoke from marijuana is just as bad for you as secondhand cigarette smoke. <gasps> Are you telling me that if I'm around smoke and you're combusting something, got it, that it could be harmful? I'm not. Th- Next, they're going to tell me that wood smoke might be damaging to inhale. And this just in water is wet. Matthew Springer, a professor at the University of California, San Francisco, says marijuana smoke is three times worse for the arterial walls than cigarette smoke. Now, that I've never heard before. Wow. Because I've always assumed, like, cigarettes, they got, like, all these kinds of crazy additives to them, carcinogens, you know, shit that's awful. And can lead to blood clots, heart attacks, or stroke. Springer told NPR, quote, People think cannabis is fine because it's natural. I hear this a lot. I don't know what it means. We have not been telling them to avoid inhaling secondhand smoke from marijuana. It's because we just haven't known the experiments haven't been done. Fucking laws. Now, uh, of course, the lesson here is vape, kids. Use a vape. <laughs> Matt Yours for CBS 11 News. CBS 11 News reporting on the front lines of secondhand marijuana smoke. So the Unfilter Show, hot tip, vape, everybody. Now, if you're in New York, and I, actually when I visited New York, this this did actually come up. Uh, you, you don't get access to the uh, Fun Times Recreational uh, No Guilt Associated Pot. Emily, thank you. Well, former Erie County Executive Joel Giambra is running for governor. One of his plans is to legalize recreational marijuana for adults. He- what do you think about So you got a governor here who wants to legalize pot as part of his platform. Okay. And if you're listening to this show as we're live or right around March 21st-ish, go to WGRZ.com slash vote and let them know if you think that pot should be legal. Because at the time of their broadcast here... 83% of New Yorkers think it should not be legal. Wow. Something tells me that number is going to be flipped. He says that it could generate a half a billion dollars in tax revenue for New York. And we want to know what you think. Should marijuana be legalized in New York State? We want you to weigh in at WGRZ.com slash vote. So I did. <laughs> I did it. I voted. Uh, but the poll was more about pets than it was about New York. But, yeah, the, the whole question is, is, should they legalize in New York? Should they go there? Um, because, you know, New York is a little bit of a, diff- of a different animal, right? And New York's uh, special. Over a seven-year period on roads and bridges. According to the U.S. Department of Transportation, 40% of New York's bridges are structurally deficient or functionally obsolete. So they could use some of that marijuana money. And as this show goes on, the vote starts to flip. Now 77% of people (laughs) watching live think they should legalize it. They start talking about infrastructure and the vote flips. This, to me, is a common sense approach to new funding sources that we, we're lacking here in Western New York. The policy coordinator for the New York Drug Alliance Holy office crap. says ending prohibition makes sense. Yeah, now it's up to 81%. You, you, you know what it is? All you got to do to a two New Yorker is say, hey, this money that we're going to make is going to go towards the subway. Boom! Yeah. Yes! Absolutely! Well, and it kind of goes like this. Look, we could raise your taxes or we could start selling pot and just pay for all you of You know, this. and this is crazy. You know, this doesn't make sense to me sometimes because you got Veratunda, by the way, in the chat room, uh, shared out a link. Uh Government is still refusing to recognize a medical benefit to cannabis, right? <laughs> this is but, like become your thing that you you, you wail on every but week. It, but it's true. It's like you can't do both things here, people. I mean, come on, government. I'm not going to dignify that uh, with an answer. Uh, in the article, in the in the article, 
the UK is the largest producer of medical marijuana. Oh, really? Yeah. The UK oh. government. So there's some it's, there's it's crazy stuff. If you're here in the states and you want to know if it's going to like uh, if your state's going to go legal on the on the pot in the in the futures, there's some warning signs. There is some early indicators, some slippery slopes if you will, mm. for you to pay attention to. And uh, I'll play one of them for you. And it's exactly how it started here in Seattle. Well, the state Senate votes to let Marylanders have more marijuana, but it would be a crime to smoke while in a vehicle. Do you remember when uh, Seattle cops publicly announced via a press release that they were going to uh, deprioritize cannabis uh, stops? Yep, exactly. That was before it was voted legal. Right, correct. I mean, weren't they, uh, I don't know if this was before or after, they were handing out Doritos? With informational yeah. labels, yeah, that was and, that know. was right after. Okay, all so right. that's how it starts. It starts with the with the cops signaling they're okay with everything. Well, the state senate votes to let Marylanders have more marijuana, but it would be a crime to smoke while in a vehicle. The bill nearly triples the amount of marijuana that would trigger criminal charges, but it treats pot like alcohol when it comes to driving under the influence. Under the policy, you could carry up to an ounce of marijuana oh! and face a civil fine. We Dude, might, we an might ounce have, is quite a bit. By the way, it was just uh, I was just reading today that there's an initiative, if they get enough signatures on the ballot in the state of Washington, which would uh, allow for home grows. It I would, would like to see that. It would allow... Uh, it, it would also uh, disallow employers from uh, from saying, well, you know, piss tests and my, things like that. My gra- we'll oh, really? Yeah. Hmm, that would be interesting. My grandpa was a farmer, so I got some gardening in my <laughs> DNA. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Now, uh, Mr. Chase, before we get out of here, yes, I'm Chris. just going to mention really quick, the overtime is just coming up packed full of stuff. If Stay tuned. Uh, but if you got to go, if you're done with your proteins, you don't got time for your dessert, let me leave you with a little wisdom. There's just a couple of episodes left of season one at techtalk.today. Go check that out. Finish that up. And then there may be a user error out there in the far distance. The Jupiter Broadcasting Network is cramming out the content these Love days. Love it. So go check the, all of that out, techtalk.today. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Chris LAS. Follow the network at Jupiter Signal and participate in our chat room, irc.geekshed.net, pound unfilter, and also check out pound Jupiter Broadcasting. Mr. Chase. Yes, Chris. Is there places people can find you? I would appreciate the follow over on Twitter as well, at N-U-N-E-S. That's my last name. I am the original Nunes oh. on Twitter, not that other guy. Also, by the way, I do gaming streams, pinball streams over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash TV. And also, if you want to chat with me, discord.gg slash TV. Love the conversation. Nice. Yes. Nice. Nice. Also, Linux Fest Northwest coming up soon. The Unfilter Show may be live there. you got to be there. And if nothing else, you can come say hi to Mr. Chase and I. Check that out at linuxfestnorthwest.org. Thanks so much for joining us. See you right back here next week. Reclaiming my time. just be time for the overtime! 
they need some faith healers. <laughs> Oh man, thank you to our patrons, patreon.com slash unfilter. Thank you guys so much for supporting this here show. New patrons this week. Shout out to Jay, Chris, Carly Rose, Soundtown, and Jonathan W. You, you, you magnificent bastards are our new patrons for this week's episode. Thank you. This segment is dedicated to you and to all of the people like you over at patreon.com slash unfilter. If you'd like to support us, you know, I might be biased, but I encourage you to do so. Just my professional recommendation. Patreon.com slash unfilter. We are so damn close to our next milestone, which will fundamentally rock my world, involve me replumbing my life, and yet somehow, for some crazy, strange, masochistic reason, I'm still excited about it. Patreon.com slash unfilters we enter into the old nancy segment it's good to be here right i mean you enjoy it we may need some faith healers (laughs) i do love me the old nancy segment don't i yeah it's good it's good and uh nancy's a prime this week she was it's like she was uh, trying to give me material for the show very generous <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny, right, Nancy? Yeah. And our newest colleague from Pennsylvania to the caucus. Hopefully, that will be very soon. Connor Lamb's, Connor Lamb's upset victory is a tribute to his extraordinary personal record. I think she knows she is getting extra scrutiny these days, and I think she's beginning to hyperventilate a little bit up on stage. And this isn't a place where the president says he won by 22, it's probably 20. 20 points, 20 point lead evaporated, giving 83% of the benefits, you know it, of 83 of the benefits to the top 1%. Republicans you know it. mortgage again, future of the middle class and our children. Now, she did have some commentary on Trump visiting the wall, which was similar to mine. I guess the question is then should Democrats give border wall funding, for example, right now when there isn't a hard deadline on the table like there was last month? You know, give it because this is all a give and take in politics. It's not about national security. It's not about what the American people need. It's about making sure each side has their win. What do you think? I mean, should we give a border wall for nothing? (laughs) No, I don't think so. No. No, of course not. No, we've got to play games. I mean, should we give a border wall for nothing? No, I don't think so. No! First of all, I think the border, did you see it? Yeah. How high it is? Yeah. The rest of the presidents think the wall? Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. In a civilized society, we'd do something like that? <laughs> as obnoxious as it is? Oh! <laughs> you know, that's a community there. Oh, Ah, she's kind of right, actually. With a border running through it. Yep, actually, she's kind of right. Okay. Let's, have- if you've ever spent any time down on the border, not that I've spent a whole bunch, but uh, a little time that I have spent, friends, let me tell you, it's sort of like a blend when you get down to that area. I mean, there is a made-up border that a bunch of monkeys, a um, hundred, couple hundred years ago, decided existed. But when you actually get down there, the cultures blend. It's It's interesting, and it's one of the best parts about traveling is you get to see this sort of blending of the cultures as you get close to the border. My millennials, stay woke! Now, Auntie Maxine, she just can't stop talking about impeaching 45. Mr. Speaker and members, 
How must our American soldiers feel to have their commander-in-chief under attack? Now, this is, of course, a fired-up Maxine Waters. And unfortunately, I don't have video for you. I just have the audio. While they are engaged in battle, they have the right to feel betrayed and undermined. Today, we are here in the People's House debating the partisan impeachment of the President of the United States of America. That's right. Impeach 45. While the Commander-in-Chief is managing a crisis. What? And asking world leaders for support. What? This is indeed a Republican coup d'etat. What? Wait, what? Hold on. Where did this clip come from? Mr. Speaker and members of Americans all, the Republicans will couch this extremist, radical anarchy in pious language, which distorts the Constitution and the rule of law. Man, she's so right. All this bullshit about impeachment has been ridiculous. Bill and Hillary Clinton are the real targets. Wait, what? And the Republicans are the vehicles being used by the right-wing Christian coalition extremists. Oh, shit. Did I do it again? Fuck the EU. I accidentally got 1998's clips mixed up with 2018. Gosh darn it. To direct and control our culture. The rule of law has been violated in denying the president notice of charges by the abuse of power in the collecting of so-called evidence and the denial of the presumption of innocence. Oh, oh yeah, you know, geez, Maxine Waters of 1998 sure made a lot of really great points about throwing around impeachment like a maniac. <laughs> geez, that's interesting. Maybe Maxine Waters of 2018 should listen to Maxine Waters of 1998. It's funny how that works. However... Maxine hasn't been talking much about Clinton these days. In fact, the only time you hear people really talking about Hillary anymore is when they're trying to tell her to just take a little time off. But thank God that lady is not our president because there is no more myopic, self-centered, self-righteous, unaccountable, and unrelatable political creature than Hillary Clinton. This is uh, HLN, which is owned by CNN, and uh, the snake has begun eating its own tail. As Maya Angelou said, when someone reveals who they are, you believe them the first time. Plenty of us did. Many more should now. I just can't. Joining me now is CNN political comment. Now, that's not just that's not uh, just one. In fact, it was essentially a week of this after her comments in India. I think he's thought enough is enough with the firing. I do want to get to one other thing in the in the news, uh, which we uh, haven't had a chance to talk about yet on the show, which is Hillary Clinton appeared in India uh, and she was asked uh, about some of the. Uh, reasons why Donald Trump won. Here's a brief excerpt of her remarks. So I won the places that are optimistic, diverse, oh, yeah. dynamic, yeah. moving forward. Uh -huh. And his whole campaign, Make America Great Again, was looking backwards. I love how she did. Wow, just right there. Oh, man, that's some... That is some self-rationalization. Look at her licking her lips, too. This whole campaign, Make America Great Again, was looking backwards. You know, you didn't like black people getting rights. You don't like women, you know, getting jobs. You don't want to, you know, see that Indian American succeeding more than you are. Whatever your problem is, yeah. I'm going to solve it. Damn it, Noah. What, what's your response when you hear her talking, like, saying well, that? Well, my state is one of those states, so in defense of Ohio that voted twice for President Obama in 2008 and 2012. Oh, just ignore that. Quintessential swing state. No Republican is on the presidency without us. And President <laughs> Obama won my state. So it's very hurtful to lump 
all Ohioans and all people. Yeah, guess what? It doesn't get better. Uh, this entire CNN panel, led by Jake, uh, just kind of rips into Hillary the entire time. They all take a shot at her, essentially telling her, hey, go take a break. Why don't you back off? Cool down. Your time is over. Now, when we talk about we history and how history is going to judge people's actions, we're in a pretty unique time. The Unfilter Show is really, really lucky that it started when it did, and it's covering the events that it is. How will history judge Donald Trump? Pfft, who knows? I don't even think we fully know how history judges the Bushes yet. We're, we're, still, we're still too close to Bush Sr. and Bush Jr. to really know, and Clinton, and of course Obama, how history is going to judge those presidents. So it's impossible to say how history will judge Donald Trump. Imagine history's version of Bush Jr. without 9-11. You just never know what's going to happen during a presidency that will shape how history talks about them. But the politicians, the underlings around the president, something tells me their history is a little more firm and gets written a little sooner. And I wonder how history will look back at the former CIA director, John Brennan. Happy to have with us former CIA director John Brennan, who is now an NBC News senior national security and intelligence analyst. So he goes from running the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. Supposedly, I would, I mean, what do I know, but I would think one of the premier intelligence agencies in the entire freaking world. And as far as I know, the universe, but we'll just go with the world. And uh, so what's not, what's, what's next? For John Brennan after uh, running the CIA? A shithead commentary on MSNBC? MSNBC? This is a man who did not have a lot of options. He should have gotten a multi-million dollar contract. He should have gotten some sort of sweet deal. And of course, if Hillary was president, that's probably what just would have happened. But instead, he ended up in a position that was against the current administration, against the current trends, and so he has to take some sort of chicken-neck job at MSNBC. Director Brennan, it's really good to have you on this morning. And then they call him Director Brennan. He doesn't even know where to look if you're watching the video version, and it's just really embarrassing. And intelligence analyst. Director Brennan, it's really good to have you on this morning. Uh, you have been increasingly vocal against President Trump. On February 20th, the president tweeted, I have been much tougher on Russia than Obama. Just look at the facts. Total fake news. And you replied, it never ceases to amaze me how successful you have been making yourself so small, petty, and banal with your tweets. Wow. <laughs> uh, have you ever... Have you ever seen anything like this? I can't even think of another nation where the head of their premier intelligence agency after he retires, speaks out against the current leader of the country. I'm not making commentary on his accuracy here. I'm just saying I, this itself seems mind-blowing to me. Your insecurity is well-deserved, as is your concern over oh. Russia investigation. Thomas Paine was right when he said, these are the times that try men's souls. Earlier this month, Trump tweeted about the loss of American jobs from President H.W. Bush till now, stating it was a bad result, uh, it was a result of bad policies and leadership. You countered with, you show an amazing, albeit unsurprising, ignorance of how technology, automation, and the attendant evolution of economics and societies have transformed the world. 
isn't that odd that he would be why is the former CIA direct CIA director CII <laughs> why is the former CIA director going after the president on this point out of all of the things he tweets about your simple-minded policies imposition of tariffs have the potential to seriously damage our future prosperity and just last Saturday Trump tweeted about the firing of Andrew McCabe writing in part sanctimonious James Comey was his boss and made McCabe look like a choir boy he knew all about the lies and corruption going on at the highest levels of the FBI and you replied when the full extent of your venality moral turpitude and political corruption becomes known you will take your rightful place as a disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history you may the dustbin of history <laughs> uh maybe this is just him getting this maybe this is how he got his job at MSNBC maybe this is him demoing for the job you know it's like his audition uh but I have to look at this when the full extent of your venality, moral turpitude, and political corruption becomes known, you will take your rightful place as a disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history. Scapegoat, Andy McCabe, but you will not destroy America. America will triumph over you. Hoorah! I don't know how history is going to judge Donald Trump if men like John Brennan write it not well. But it seems clear to me that history is going to judge John Brennan as a partisan hack that added a lot of fuel to a fire that needed a level-headed discussion. And he's adding vitriol and fire. And then to make matters worse, he's going on MSNBC, a partisan political news organization, and fanning the flames. Is America being tried... um at this point, uh, especially in terms of its place in the world, is this president letting our country down? Jeez. I mean, this is where we start. Wow. This is news. Well, I think the president has shown a, a lack of understanding of international affairs. Now listen how calm and how soft the man who killed Middle Easterns and American citizens with drones as well as a real um, ignorance of uh, what it takes to be president of the United States. Before John Brennan was director of the CIA, he was a special consultant to President Obama. He is the architect of the drone program. And that's what prompted my tweets. Uh, he is uh, mean-spirited. Um, he is dishonest. This is the former director of the CIA complaining that the president is mean-spirited and dishonest, a spy who murders people outside the judicial system. Uh, he is uh, mean-spirited. Um, he is dishonest. He has shown a lack of integrity. And uh, he has uh, continued to, I think, to be in the office of the presidency. And so I've decided to uh, put my silence aside and to speak up and speak out uh, because I do think our future is in jeopardy um, while Mr. Trump uh, continues uh, his uh, antics. You know what? The, the best analogy that was described to me that resonates over and over and over again every time somebody like Brennan goes on the air. Washington, D.C. is like a body. And, and Trump and, and Jared Kushner and Ivanka and the people he brought in are foreign agents inside a body. And this is the immune system. The, this is the immune system responding, attempting to reject this foreign object that has been inserted into the body. Let me follow up on that. Are we on the verge of a constitutional crisis? Are we on the verge? 
of a constitutional crisis. She's asking this of the CIA director. Do you remember the two American citizens who have been killed with drones? And she's asking this man, who was director of the CIA, when those extrajudicial killings happened. She's asking this man if we have a constitutional crisis because she knows what the answer is going to be. Well, I think many of the senators and members of Congress have said that if Trump decides to sack Mueller, that we are going to be in a constitutional crisis. And Let me tell you, uh, the, scariest, the scariest kind of psychopath murderer are the kinds that can kill people in cold blood and then talk like this to you and make you feel like they have control of the situation. I, I have great confidence in Bob Mueller. He is a tremendous American, and he is going to get to the bottom of this investigation. But if Mr. Trump, who I think is increasingly feeling the pressure and feeling very anxious and nervous about what's going on, if he decides to uh, remove Bob Mueller, uh, I do think then we're going to be at that uh, crisis point. Man, if he likes Bob Mueller, that gives me a pause about Bob Mueller. i, I, I got to be honest. That's how my brain works. If John Brennan thinks Bob Mueller is a good guy... I don't know. I don't know. You know, maybe if if uh, maybe something could change for Trump. Maybe history still has a couple of more paragraphs to write about Donald Trump. Maybe some great war like uh, like a space war. My new national strategy for space recognizes that space is a war fighting domain. Hoorah. Just like the land, air and sea. Yeah. We may even have a space force. We may develop another one. Maybe space force. Another we have the one. Air force. We'll have the space force. Another one. We have the army, the navy. You know, I was saying it the other day because we're doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the space force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Maybe we'll have to do that. Man, I have the best ideas, the greatest ideas. People tell me that could happen. That could be the big breaking story. Look at all those people back there. Look at that. He's pointing at the media and the cameras in the back. Oh, that fake news. Oh, they love that. They love that. Listen to that. They love that. Play in the crowd. Play in the crowd there. Jeez, talk about playing the hits. Now just talk about a wall and you've got it. Uh, just don't. Don't talk about storming. Now to another political story that broke overnight. President Trump's legal team making moves in the case of porn star Stormy Daniels, who was allegedly paid not to speak publicly about an affair with Trump before he was president. Overnightly, we learned that Trump's team now wants the case moved to federal court, and they now say Daniels owes the president $20 million for breach of contract. ABC's Kenneth Moten is also in Washington this morning. Kenneth, good morning to you. Good morning, Dan and Paula. This is a big development. Considering up to this point, it appears President Trump had kept his distance from the legal fight to keep the adult entertainment star quiet. This morning, President Trump publicly joining the Stormy Daniels court battle for the first time. Uh -oh. The president and longtime attorney Michael Cohen filed paperwork to move Daniels' lawsuit to federal court. A personal lawyer for the president saying Mr. Trump intends to pursue his rights to the fullest extent permitted by law. Cohen alleges Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, has breached a confidential settlement agreement at least 20 times, saying Cohen's LLC and or Trump have the right to seek damages in excess of $20 million. This, as the porn star claims the non-disclosure agreement from her alleged 2006 affair with Trump, is non-binding. Her attorney, Michael Avenatti, fired back on Twitter. How can President Donald Trump seek $20 million in damages against my client, 
based on an agreement that he and Mr. Cohen claim Mr. Trump was never a party to and knew nothing about. Hashtag not well thought out. Hashtag sloppy. <laughs> hashtag checkmate. Oh, Avenatti didn't hashtags. go into details, but he also made a new claim on CNN. Yeah. And yep. the fact is that my client was physically threatened to stay silent about what she knew about Donald Trump. The president has also retained high-profile Beverly Hills attorney Charles Harder to take on Stormy Daniels. The lawyer recently and successfully represented First Lady Melania Trump, Melania Trump in a libel case in Maryland. Dan and Paula. And, of course, there is another story about a woman, uh, a Playboy model, who had an affair with Donald Trump and was paid off via the National Enquirer. The National Enquirer, of course, is run by somebody who is close, longtime friends with Donald Trump. These may may not get very far. I doubt it, though. People love a good scandal. And the media will just is relentless with these kinds of things. Anything that involves beautiful women and sex scandals, because then it just means they can play lots and lots of B-roll. And they just love the B-roll. Um, I want to give a little bit of airtime here to Rand Paul, who apparently after getting his ass kicked by his neighbor is feeling much better now. And he had a, a kind of a long, meandering interview in which he made a few interesting points about the Mueller investigation and other things. In on Mueller, where do you think this is going, Senator? Well, you know, I agree completely with the tweet by Alan Dershowitz. The idea that we should have Sorry, a special Sorry, just to prosecutor. be clear, it, it, it wasn't from Alan Dershowitz. It was well, from I the president <laughs> quoting Alan Dershowitz. All right, I, I agree with the president quoting Alan Dershowitz that really these special prosecutors run far afield of what they're impaneled for and that in the end we end up getting sort of a wild goose chase down all kinds of nooks and crannies. And so I think special prosecutors have too much power and that we really shouldn't have them. I would not have appointed Mueller. Now that it's going, it's a little bit more difficult to end. But there really is no reason why Mueller should be investigating things other than Russian collusion. If there is no Russian collusion, he should wind up, close his investigation, and let's move on. What I don't like is that they can subpoena all of your records, your business records for the last 20 years, and if you didn't fill one of the forms incorrectly with the IRS, all of a sudden you're going to be convicted of something completely unrelated to Russia. So I think it needs to be done with. If there is no Russian collusion, let's close it up and let's move on. Got it. So, do you have a sense of where it's going, though? I mean, is it Russian collusion or not, whether it's Russian collusion or... I haven't seen any evidence of that, and I don't believe there was any evidence. Did the Russians try to influence our election? In all likelihood, yes. What should we do? We should uh, start working together to try to protect ourselves, uh, both cybersecurity and otherwise, and our electoral process. Absolutely, let's do that. But instead, it's sort of this witch hunt now that's become very, very partisan. And now we're seeing all these people from the intelligence community, Brennan, Clapper, all of them piling on and exposing themselves to be left-wing Democrats who hate the president. So, yes, I think we have to be very careful about how much power we give to those in the intelligence community. Speaking of John Brennan, former CIA director, you guys have not had love, a lot of love lost over the years. Uh, and that's been well documented. He sent this tweet out of the president over the weekend. When the full extent of your venality, moral turpitude, and political corruption becomes known, you will take your rightful place as a disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history. You may scapegoat Andy McKay, but you will not destroy America. America will triumph over you. Well, that, that got your dandruff up, Senator. You said this right away. This man had the power, meaning John Brennan, to search every American's records without a warrant. What's disgraceful is attacking the Bill of Rights and the freedom if every American, you don't like the policies of John Brennan, why'd you write that? 
Well, I think he'll go down in history. John Brennan is someone who is a, very much a partisan and not in the tradition of law enforcement of trying to be even-keeled and nonpartisan. So I'm, I'm very uh, upset with what he said about the president, but I'm also very upset that he was a big advocate of uh, basically unlimited surveillance of Americans. When they were collecting millions and millions of Americans' data and uh, searching this data without a warrant, that was John Brennan and James Clapper. And so these people are going to oh. go down in history as not only not caring yes. about the Bill of Rights. That, exactly. That's what I was saying. Exactly this. this. I'm backing it up. I'm backing it up. Rand is on fire. Clapper. And so these people are going to go down in history as not only not caring about the Bill of Rights, but also then inserting themselves and being angry partisans against the president. Yes. So this is exactly why we need more control over the intelligence community. And I think they should never be searching in Americans' records without a judge's warrant. I continue to advocate for that. I lost the last time around when we tried to reform this. But I continue to advocate that nobody... Nobody on either side, nobody in the intelligence community should search an American's record without a judge's warrant. Can you understand why folks back in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where you call home, think that the deep state is alive and kicking? <laughs> yeah, because they're seeing so yeah, many biased people. We got John Brennan attacking the, the president in a personal way. You got James Clapper attacking exactly. the president. You've also got active I'll, members I'll, I'll give of, of the one. FBI Samantha, attacking the Samantha president. Samantha Power from the U.N., she tweeted, not a good idea to, pardon my language, to piss off John Brennan, her, her words. Oh, and then she came oh, back later and said, whoa, well, I didn't realize oh. what I'd stirred up in all this and oh. tried to clear, clear it up with another tweet. Um, well, the interesting and, thing here and is you, that the, you just the, wonder why, you know, people on the outside, they're trying to figure out what's happening on the inside in towns like your, where you are in Washington. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing about the deep state. There are objective facts that tell you that there is an uncontrollable deep state in the intelligence community. Only eight people in Congress are allowed to know anything about what goes on in the deep state. And unfortunately, the eight people in Congress that oversee the intelligence community have typically been a rubber stamp for the intelligence community. So I want more oversight. I think yeah. all of Congress should know a lot more about what the intelligence yeah. community is doing. Yeah. And I, Absolutely, we should have judicial oversight, meaning that judges should have to grant warrants to look at Americans' information. Right now, Andrew McCabe, when he was still active, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, I've asked this question of the FBI. Are they still allowed to look at Americans' data without a warrant? This is really the, the pertinent question. Do we still have people who hate the president who are allowed to search databases about the president or the president's supporters? Uh oh yeah. Last question on this Facebook matter and, and big data companies. Um, wh wh where are you on that now? I, I don't think it's any big secret that folks know when they log online that people are watching what they do. Um, do, do, do you think there was something going on here? And do you, do you think the left would be making a big deal out of this if Cambridge Analytica came out <laughs> and said, hey, we work for Hillary Clinton, we just didn't do... Hey, they tried. They just didn't buy. The job well enough. With regard to the private sharing of data, you know, so when you log on and you do a search on Google or any other things and you search for shoes and then later on shoes pop up, I think most of acknowledge that as long as that's anonymous, that's the way the Internet works. As far as are people giving too much data to Facebook, are they being careful with your data? That's a judgment their customers have to make, and there is a way to prevent them from having your data, and that's not to share your data with them. <laughs> Uncle Rand, uh... Telling you to delete your Facebook account, everybody. Everybody.
All right. Just a few more things in the overtime to wrap us up, because damn, Chris is just going on and on, isn't he? Actually, it was Rand. I just wanted to play a lot of that for you. So we have um, what I consider to be one of the most obnoxious clips of the week. Today, the Treasury Department announced they were going to bring sanctions, new sanctions against the Russians who were indicted by Robert Mueller last month. Okay, I would like to hear more about this. Yet another payout from the Robert Mueller Special Counsel's Office. What? A payout? A payout? Do you want war, Rachel Meadow? Because this is how you get war, Rachel. And this is good? A payout? Robert Mueller last month. Yet another payout from the Robert Mueller Special Counsel's Office. I just already want to punch her in the face. I cannot believe she wants war. Oh, goody. Oh, goody. Oh, good. We're getting payouts, everybody. We're getting payouts. Everybody's a winner. Oh, ho, 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 yay. The Rachel Meadow Game Show, where she sets up how many different ways she can try to win World War III with the Russians. Uh, but then at the same time, uh, we also got this, a technical alert from the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security. This alert provides information on Russian government actions targeting U.S. government entities, as well as organizations in the energy, nuclear, commercial facilities, water, aviation, and critical manufacturing sectors. That sounds pretty serious, Rachel. This alert contains indicators of compromise and technical details. Ooh, technical details. On the tactics, techniques, and procedures used by Russian government cyber actors on compromised victim networks. I love all of the uh, vagary here. Uh, Cyber actors, everybody. Now, you can tell from all the weird nouns there that this is obviously a technical document. This is a long and technical document, but the plain English of it is clear. It's a, it's a warning. It's some sort of nationwide signal that something is wrong. Yeah, boy, sounds like it should be your lead story. Um, it says right at the top of the report, contact DHS or law enforcement immediately to report an intrusion. That's pretty typical. Um, really? So we're like a solid minute into this, and uh, this is all you got so far? Now... I am not uh, tech-savvy enough or sort of computer engineer-minded enough to understand a ton of what is here, particularly the long strings of computer code that are... Those long strings of computer code literally say next to them hashes. Hash. Hash one, hash two, hash... Those are hashes. What they are is literally right next to them. ...are included in this report. Um, But what is clear to me, just as somebody who reads the news, Uh. is that this appears to be the... Follow-up and much more serious and much more public update to something we saw that happened this past summer. Ah. This past summer, you might remember this when you see this picture of that nuclear power plant. Oh, you remember that? You remember that picture of a nuclear power plant? Uh, you might recall because we talked about this last summer. Uh, Russians got into the business network of a, of this plant. Now, um, they make it sound like they like they, they were going to like make the power plant blow up. Uh, This past summer, Bloomberg News and New York Times reported that a secret warning had been issued by these same agencies, by Homeland Security and and the FBI. A secret warning had been issued to American power plant operators, telling them that there had been cyber attacks specifically targeting U.S. power plants, including, memorably, the operator of this big, isolated nuclear reactor out in Burlington, Kansas. Now, the reason why she says operator is because it was a management company that was contracted and they compromised their network. 
They didn't compromise the control network. And there's so many issues I have with that report, but I got to stop because it's triggering me. It's triggering me. I want to play you one more clip, though, of something that the media always does. Gosh, we really got to keep moving. But this is so typical. So Putin gets elected, probably a sham election. I'll give you that. Uh, but uh, God forbid, for God forbid that we bring on somebody who might be of the opinion that it's a good idea that this guy got elected because of a very valid threat that is called the West. Um, but no, no, you've got to bring on hardliners when you when you bring somebody on to talk about the election. And this is how the media rolls. There's no range of conversation. It's one opinion all the time. Russian dissident, former world chess champ Gary Kasparov. He's now chair of the Human Rights Foundation. So this is George here. And George is supposedly the top anchor at ABC. Well, top co-anchor because they had a cockfight and uh, him and... The other guy, uh, what's the Moore or whatever, David, uh, they both had to be lead anchor. Couldn't could, George couldn't have it because, well, nobody likes George, but he's been there for a long time. And David, what's his main name, Demore over there. Everybody likes him because he's young. And so they couldn't decide which one was lead anchor. So they're both lead anchor. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's really funny because they trade off like who anyways. Uh, so who, who does George go to? Who does George go to to get a solid opinion? A solid opinion on the new elections, on the recent results. Listen carefully, you might catch it. Dissident former world chess champ, Gary. Dissident former world champ. Dissident former world chance. Did you catch it? Dissident former world chance. Listen carefully. He runs it all together. Dissident former world chance. Russian dissident former world chess champ, Gary Kasparov. So he's a chess champion. Oh, and he's also a dissident. Kasparov, he's now chair of the Human Rights Foundation. And Gary, starting out with that election, is there anything we can look to in these results that would suggest what Putin's real strength is. First of all, stop calling it elections. It's a charade. (laughs) Yeah, the media gets exactly what they want. They get that, don't they? Hmm. Alex Jones is in a bit of legal trouble. Slain DNC staffer Seth Rich has been the subject of twisted conspiracy theories. At one point last year, Fox News posted and promoted a story connecting Rich's unsolved murder in D.C. to WikiLeaks in the election. The story was featured prominently on Sean Hannity's program and It was later retracted and pulled off the Fox News website. Now, his parents are suing Fox. I want the people who started the lies, who are responsible for the lies, held accountable. Um, This has got to stop. We lost his body the first time. And the second time, we lost his soul. They took more from us with the lies. There was another lawsuit this week targeting people that promote conspiracy theories. It involves InfoWars and the host of InfoWars, Alex Jones. Already, InfoWars is at risk of losing its YouTube channel. And now this lawsuit (laughs) uh, is trying to take Jones and InfoWars and others to court, saying they're responsible for promoting hoaxes that actually are defamatory toward the people involved. Let's talk about this lawsuit with Brennan Gilmore. He is the plaintiff. No, it's not. So, yeah, this whole Seth Rich thing is is super fascinating. I got links in the show notes if uh, you want to know more about that. Because to me, that's one of the most interesting sub-stories going on right now. Let's talk about the, these bombings in Austin. I've, I've, I live down in Austin for exactly one week. Does that count? Now, do, now, no, you'd say, no, of course, that doesn't count. One week, that doesn't count. What if you move your entire home down there for one week and you live in a parking lot? Does that count? Because I did that. Uh, and I, I met friends and I have family that live in Austin. 
frequent uh, live listener who I don't think he's here tonight. Uh, Mr. Cheese Bacon lives in Austin. So I'm in, I'm in pretty constant communication with folks in Austin. So when this, uh, what do they call this? Oh, yeah, that's right. Serial bomber story cropped up. I was watching with some interest. We do begin with breaking news. Another explosion rocking Austin, Texas. Two people hurt this time, and police believe it could be linked to this string of deadly bombings that have been going on this month. Authorities say the latest explosive was left on the side of the road, and it may have been triggered by a tripwire. Police urging people in the area to stay inside their homes this morning. The latest explosion coming just hours after police made a rare public appeal to the bomber or bombers responsible. Now, I want to stop there, and I want to play a clip just a little bit later. Now, with tense times in Austin, Texas, police searching for the bomber responsible for a series of deadly explosions as hundreds of anxious residents report suspicious packages at their front doors. ABC's Alex Perez is on the scene in Austin, and Alex, authorities are offering a big reward now for help with the investigation. That's right. Good morning, George. It's been about 48 hours uh, since that package exploded on this block, and investigators are still here meticulously collecting evidence. Now I want to stop there. Uh, let's talk more about that package explosion. At approximately 12.25 this morning, an explosion was called in to the police department. It occurred at the facility at 9935 Dewar Lane. A package had been traveling along the automated conveyor when it had, had exploded. One employee that was standing near the explosion later complained, uh, complained of ringing in the ears. She was treated and released. We were very fortunate that there were no injuries. Wow, and so this really gets people freaked out. And of course, then it becomes a nationwide story and the hunt for who this is, is on. Fox News alert now and new pictures coming in of the bombing suspect in Austin, Texas. You're looking now at surveillance video. Uh, we know his name to be Mark Anthony Condit, 23 years old. These are pictures of him at a facility from Sunday, March 18th. So just a couple days ago in a South Austin FedEx office store. And of course, we know one of those packages exploded on the conveyor belt. The other made its way to a facility near the Austin airport. But now we're getting first pictures uh, of what this looked like to investigators. Because remember, they've been following the trail for a few days now. I heard from folks in Austin, they weren't really on edge. It, they weren't super freaked out. Like the media kept playing like the, just over. Oh, everybody's freaking out. Everybody's really on edge. Everybody's stressed out. Um, everybody seemed pretty calm and rational about it when I talked to them. But then today, news came that they found the guy dead. The relief setting in in parts of this country this morning. The breaking news, the suspected... So there's David. Now David's traded spots with George. And uh, you can see how his co-hosts have this fake sigh. Oh. Of course, they could give absolutely no shits about people in Texas, especially because they're probably gun-toting right-wing maniacs that voted for Trump. But they give these phony, fake, oh, as David, Mr. I'm completely composed news anchor who doesn't look like he's 20 years old enough for the part, uh, tells us how the guy has died. The relief setting in in parts of this country this morning. The breaking news, the suspected serial bomber in Texas is now dead after that showdown with a SWAT team overnight. Here's what we know at this hour. The suspect is a 24-year-old white male. He did kill himself, blowing himself up. They believe he's linked to six explosive devices that killed two people. Let's get right to our senior national correspondent, Matt Gupman. He's on the scene in Austin with the very latest for us. Matt, good morning. 
Good morning, David. This is still very much an active crime scene. You can see those ATF trucks behind me. There are still agents combing through the scene. And the 19 days of terror here in Austin ended in the most dramatic fashion. SWAT teams and others have been trailing this suspect for at least 12 hours. Finally, they cornered him uh, just beyond that hotel behind me. At that point, he noticed them setting off a bomb inside his vehicle. The blast was powerful enough to knock back one of the officers who returned fire. But that suspect inside that vehicle is already dead. Authorities say 24-year-old Mark Anthony Condit is the man responsible for terrorizing the city of Austin. He died after a device he had in his car exploded when that SWAT team cornered him near an Austin hotel. We had surveillance teams looking for this suspect, and we ultimately located the vehicle that this suspect was known to be driving, and witnesses told us he was driving, and in fact we found that at a hotel right up the road here in Round Rock. Got to really make sure you understand that we had lots of reason to believe he was in this car and it's totally him. As members of the Austin Police Department SWAT team approached the vehicle, the suspect detonated a bomb inside the vehicle, knocking one of our SWAT officers back and one of our SWAT officers fired at the suspect as well. ATF Special Agent in Charge Fred Milanowski told me that the FBI, police, and the ATF joined forces and used some old-fashioned detective work to identify the man responsible for seven bombs, which resulted in two dead and four injured. Since when does old-fashioned detective work involve getting Google to hand over his search history and getting his carrier to hand over his location and triangulation information? Is that good old-fashioned detective work? Because I think you can do that shit from your desk. Now you had six, seven devices that seemed different. One with tripwires, some that were activated by picking up, others that were able to be sent in the mail. How did you figure out that they were all linked? So to the public, they may have looked different, but... Are you serious? That's, are you serious? No, that's, are you serious? How did you figure out that they were all linked? How did you figure it out? So to the public, they may have looked different, but uh, when the ATF bomb technicians were able to put those devices back together, the components that were used were very similar. And I understand that there were uh, nuts and bolts used as well in some of the bombings. Did that give you a clue? The uh, let's move on. That guy is going to get me all upset, and I don't want to get cranky here on the show. I don't want to get cranky. That is, that's it, though. So the guy's dead. Um, nothing to worry about here. Nothing to be concerned about. You know, Mr. Trey Gowdy had a really interesting statement recently. And it sort of echoes my my feelings. If uh, Mr. Nunes and uh, his team's findings are right and there is no collusion, then why don't you just sit back, relax, and let Bob run his course? To suggest that Mueller should shut down and that all he is looking at is collusion, if you have an innocent client, Mr. Dowd, act like it. Russia attacked our country. Let special counsel Mueller figure that out. And if you believe, as we found, there's no evidence of collusion, you should want special counsel Mueller to take all the time and have all the independence he needs to do his job. All right. So, so John, that is essentially saying take the time. Um, that's the antithesis of what you were just saying before, uh, you know, Representative Gowdy, that people wanted to you know, be expedient and hurry up. But when you've got Gowdy and others who say it takes time and allow that to happen. Um, is that the message that's received by the president? 
No, and I think the challenge is... No. No, in fact, it's already been budgeted to go into next year. So it's going to keep going for quite a while because it's already been budgeted for. And once you budget for it, you got to make sure you spend that money. You got to spend that money. Money, 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 money. All right. We're getting here towards the end of the overtime. And I want to play you my favorite moment. It, it doesn't happen very often. And it was on C-SPAN. Normally... Normally, when, when it's my favorite moments and it's C-SPAN, it's Nancy Pelosi saying something crazy. You know what I mean? But this week, it wasn't. It was the State Department spokeshole, who is a former Fox News employee. So she's a little quicker on her feet than your average spokeshole. And she deals with a, quote, snarky reporter who is asking for the United States of America to apologize for the war in Iraq. And she's having none of it. We're going to have to wrap it up shortly. Pardon me? Hi. Uh, about the U.S. doesn't dictate to other countries. It's the 15th anniversary of the Iraq War. And I don't think, the, I don't think that I said, the, I don't think that I said the Matt to Matt that we don't dictate to other countries. It might have. And she, she also, her eyebrows, like they flick up, like, because we do that shit all the time is what she's saying. Like, we totally dictate to other countries. It's one of our specialties. I don't course, think, the, I don't think that I said... The, I don't think that I said the Matt to Matt that we don't dictate to other countries. It might have. Not only did she do the eyebrow frick, flick, frick, but she did also the finger up. The hold on a second, I'm going to make a point here, and I'm the boss. So she, this this is a woman that controls the room, and she does it in like a lot of subtle body language ways with the eyebrows and the one finger. This is a power player, and the way she handles this guy is... I hope they get. I hope they put a little something extra in her paycheck because it's probably the best spokesperson that can roll. Sarah Sarah should look at this because this is probably the best spokesperson that can roll with the punches out of any of them. The State Department really is one of the most evil department. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> wow, we got a lot of evil departments, but the State Department's really an awful department. And just ask Hillary. And to have a spokesperson like this that uh, can can roll with the punches is, uh, well, it's critical for a uh, corrupt government to continue excellent functionality. I don't think that I said... I don't think that I said the Matt to Matt that we don't dictate to other countries. I mean, it might have been him. I wasn't I, I, sure. I think Sometimes Matt said that. It's hard to tell. Well, I was quoting these, uh, yeah, like, yeah, these he, White House spokesmen. Yeah. Should the U.S. apologize for regime change operations, for meddling in elections in, in multiple countries through many means over the years? That is a uh, that is a big question. You're asking me about the entire history of the United States. Should we apologize? That's the question. Well, let's should start we apologize with the Iraq for war. our government all should. around the world? No, no. I think that the United States government can, can, does far more fact? good than we ever do bad. And this is where her Fox News uh, background is uh, pretty beneficial, because not only is she able to be like we're the good guys. But then she tucks and rolls into some sort of patriotic, I'm better than you kind of hoorah, I'm an American maneuver. And uh, certain people uh, in the United States and in other countries have look uh, or have the perspective that America does more harm than good. I'm the kind of American that looks at it from the other way around. We do far more good. Uh, most Americans are opposed to the Iraq war. Mm -hmm. Should the U.S. government apologize for things that were put out by that podium, people who are in this administration? who fabricated information to start the Iraq war. Look, I, I, Look. I, I get what you're getting at. You Do you hear one of the reporters in the background is like cracking up like, dude, you're not going to get anywhere, although he's loving it at the same time. And at the same time, she's saying, I understand what you're saying. We totally killed some of those guys over there, but I'm not doing that information to start the Iraq war. Look, I, I, 
I, I get what you're getting at. You want to be snarky no, and take I don't a look want to back. Be no, hold on. I take want to a get lo- real. Okay, and take a look back. I want. He wants to. He wants to start getting real, guys. That's he. This. This is a reporter in the State Department press room telling the State Department spokesperson that he wants to get real. Be snarky and no, take I a look back. No, hold on. I take a look. Real. Okay, and take a look back. I want to get at real. the past fifteen years, and um, Iraq is certainly a country that has been through a lot. Yeah. Uh, I've been to Iraq. Many of you have been to Iraq in covering uh, what has taken place there. Okay. I'm being anything um, but snarky. Let, let me let me finish. Okay, they've faced a lot of challenges. Right now, the most significant challenge there is ISIS. And the United States remains there at the invitation of the Iraqi government to fight and take on ISIS. I want to commend the Iraqi government for something that is for the past 15 years, that they have had a history of free and fair elections over 15 years. That is remarkable given where they were under the regime of Saddam Hussein. Free just like Russia's elections. You see how she tuck and rolled with that one? (laughs) You got to (laughs) respect. Thank you so much for tuning this week's episode of the Unfiltered Program. Thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash unfiltered. <laughs> I just can't help. She's a tuck and roller, guys. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you right back here next week. Big question you're asking me about the entire history of the United States. Should we apologize?